Street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Anthony, thanks ever so much for doing this again. Um, we, we did try to record this. Um, gosh, how long ago was it? It was like a, about a month ago. It felt like maybe, but maybe less, um, something like that. Um, Three weeks or a month ago. Yeah. And unfortunately we had audio problems and it, it literally was the first time I've ever had those audio problems with StreamYard. Um, so just, just perfect timing really. Um, uh, I appreciate your dedication to wanting to, to do it again. I, I genuinely. Some people would just give up and like, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've done so many interviews on this channel with this exact same setup and it just happened to be the one that you and I spoke on that had some really bad crackly distortion and it's just horrible to listen to. So yeah, it's sincerely ap apologies for, for that. Um, I, I wrote a stern email to, to the, uh, the platform provider to, uh, <laughs> to try and address it. I really feel um, bad about it too, because we talked about so many good things. So hopefully we can recapture some of those topics and maybe some new ones even. That's very much my hope, but I, I did want to make it clear to anybody listening that this is the second time we've done this and, and we're going to try and recover some of the same topics, but you know, obviously it's never the same twice. So, uh, hopefully it'll be, if anything, better. Um, but that, mm -hmm. I just want to give that context. So, um, we're obviously not going to do the, the Janet and John version of what is street epistemology. Um, it's assumed that most people that are going to watch this are going to know who you are and going to know about SE. Um, so we don't have to do a little bit about the background, but um, one thing I did want to ask you is like, how, how long have you been doing this now? Like how, how long is it since you sort of came across SE and started going out there and, and figuring this stuff out? I think I started literally going out and doing SE talks in 2014. And I think oh. the book came out in 2013. So maybe it took me a, six months to a, a year, maybe to like decide to go out and start recording stuff. Right. Yeah. Great. So I've been doing that and then maybe promoting it. Shh. I mean, I guess you could say when I started uploading my videos, I was also promoting it at that point to a yeah. certain degree or, or, or at least calling attention to what it was we were doing. And, okay. uh, I, I don't envision ever stopping. I'm, I'm infatuated with it. <laughs> That's a great word. I like that. Infatuated. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's certainly not the same thing as it was when you started and you're certainly not the same street epistemologist and one would hope not, right? That eight years is, is, is quite a while to be doing something. And so much changing. has changed. So much has changed. How, how, how would you characterize those changes? I mean, uh, well, I feel like we've been under a microscope to a certain degree from the very start, but that's been, even though that's a little, um, unnerving at times, um, it's been really helpful in helping us grow. Like, we, we got feedback from the very start, you know, like maybe you should ask to record people before you flip your camera up and just the basics, the things that we take for granted now, we didn't even think about, you know, um, when we first started going out or when I started going out, I wanted to speak to, I wanted to talk to religious people about why they thought God was real. And I even, I, I was going through my, I downloaded my Twitter um, archive for some reason. I just felt inspired to do it. And one of the pictures is me holding a sign saying something like, you know, why do you think prayer works? So like, <laughs> but I mean, that's just one example. Like 
realizing, oh, we can talk about any topic with this method. It doesn't have to be about this specific thing. Right. But some of those early missteps still plague us to this day. And we're like, you know, what is it going to take to kind of get past it? And I don't know if we'll ever really get past it, but the growth has been amazing. I mean, there are yeah. people around the world who are now doing this and they have, they have different ideas on how it should be taught or described or explained. Um, but it's always to this point, like it's always been a collaborative, constructive thing. Mm-hmm. There's always been that element of like, I mean, we have missteps here and there. Like sometimes you get a, you get an uncharitable interpreter who just doesn't like what you're doing. But for the most part, it's all been, it's all been very constructive and we try to listen to it as much as possible. It's very different, uh, difficult, I think, to shake off the, the roots of SE being in it from a manual for creating atheists and, 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 and the, some of the uh, rhetoric, I would say in, in, in that book. Yeah. Um, but that, but that book also, that rhetoric, that spirit of, of that kind of addressing religion is definitely the thing I would imagine that inspired you specifically, even if it's not now the principal sort of form of SE that we practice. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how would you, how would you characterize the differences from like Anthony's you know first year of doing SE and, and, and exploring it in real, in the real world and what you might do today? I'm actually thinking about going out again. Um, there's a, there's a little gathering that meets on Saturdays and Sundays and they have booths and things. And I was thinking about renting a booth with somebody in the area who does SE also. So I'm thinking about doing it again. I was wondering about that myself. What, how would I be any different? And I think mm-hmm. I'm going to, I think I'm going to be a lot more calm and more. Hmm. I think most of my videos, I think I was always thinking how people will be observing them and how do I teach this? I was more focused on demonstrating it than doing it. Hmm. And I think when I, when I watch my older videos, I'm like, why are you just talking to this person? Why are you, you, I was almost talking to the audience in most cases. And I think I'm going to make an intentional effort to not do that, to really be focused on the person that I'm speaking with and really be authentic with what my goals are. And what I'm, you know, what I'm hoping that they'll do and be direct when they ask me a question. So a lot of that right. stuff is, is, is an improvement, I think. And, and it's, it's tough because like, the, the, I think there's a big difference between what we might describe as performative SE, where we're doing it, as you say, almost like for the audience or maybe for the YouTube channel. Yeah. And, and, you know, there is degrees of that, right? But if you're aware that people are watching it, especially people who are critical or, or, or supporters of it and, and want to see it done. There, there's always that temptation, I should imagine, to slightly play to the camera or, or to say something that doesn't maybe fit to the natural flow of the conversation, but you know, is, is essentially what people are looking for. Um, I think, I think some of the context of where SE is practiced, for example, is, you know, can, can create those artificial situations, um, in, in the dialogue and actually it, 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 anything that really I would say gets in the way of it being a personal conversation between two human beings and trying to honestly inquire with each other, I think is, is, is definitely detrimental to it being good SE, mm-hmm. which leads me to the, the, the feeling and I, I'm interested in your thoughts uh, that maybe, you know, good SE is not necessarily good entertainment. Yeah. Like good SE is calmly talking to people in a really slow, reflectful way about how they reason to their conclusions and giving plenty of time to process it. And, and there's a lot of noise to compete against. There are so many other salacious examples of conversation that are just, they're brawls and it's, how do you, how do you compete with that? And, but there are people who don't like that stuff. 
yeah. you know, and and they are drawn like, look at us, like we eat that stuff up. Cause we we're tired. I don't want to speak for you. I'm tired of watching people argue about stuff that has no bearing whatsoever on their position. It's a waste of time. And it's showing kids a really poor way of humans talking to each or adults talking to each other. And so I'm done with it, but um, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of an entertainment factor that we still have to scale. Yeah. I, I, like it, I, I worry that it, it might not be in there in SE. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, it, it's always, it's always fun to watch people fight. It, it's never easy to watch them make friends. Uh, it's never, it's never as yeah. entertaining. And, and the reality I think is that uh, maybe a lot of the, I, I hear a lot of people in the community say the same thing. You know, I used to be really interested in watching the debates, you know, the classic, you know, Christopher Hitchens destroys theist, you know, or theist destroys atheist or, you know, those kinds of things. And just listening to those and people get very emotional about them. They get very uh, frustrated by them, but it's kind of fun and it's kind of a little bit comic book, almost pantomime-y. Um, and in contrast, I think, I, I, I would totally agree with you. I, I love watching good SE, like really good SE, where you notice the very subtle changes in language and and, and posture and and framing of, of the positions. But it's I don't think it has that same explosive character that, you know, a good debate, a good brawl will have. Um, mm. But it certainly makes it yeah difficult, I think, to get people perhaps as excited about it. And yet... Day after day after day, people are joining the community because they're saying exactly this. They they really like what they're seeing with this. And that really gives me hope, I think. It gives me hope. It, it gives me hope that like when people learn SE, they don't tend to go back. They might slip, you know, we're still always going to argue or leave a snarky comment on a video mm. or something. I think I think that oh. like it's, it's hard to be in SE mode all the time. But if if the dialogue is important to you. I think once you learn SE, you're probably not going to go back to the, the debating and the arguing. I don't think. It's tiresome to, it gets old quite quickly. I think it gets tiresome because you realize nobody's really making progress. It's two yeah. people that are taking, a, oftentimes taking a paycheck at the end of the night anyway, and mm-hmm. they don't really care. Um, you know, it, it's reputational cost is the, the, the biggest concern that they have. It's not really about winning hearts and minds. And so dishonest rhetoric and cheap moves and, and not being um, open to, to hearing arguments from the other side are kind of par for the course in those spaces. And that just gets tiresome to listen to. Um, but, but I think, I think, yeah, I see, I definitely, it's encouraging to see more people wanting to see calm and honest conversations happening that really, you know, explore these difficult topics. And, and, uh, I really am tempted to do a supercut of uh, all of the people I've interviewed of late. Uh, I always open with the same question, you know, what, what, what caused you to join the discord server or, and you know, join the community and, Every, with on clockwork it's anthony's videos i saw anthony's videos on youtube and and and, and it just everybody that this is why that we're entering the community and and it's it's very much the reason i entered the community um and i think it's it's kind of it's kind of it, it certainly is very heartwarming to see so many people responding uh, just a guy going out there and having a polite civil conversation with people and again that's the thing they notice about it it's not a debate it's not an argument it's just a polite civil conversation and i think i think it's just in encouraging that there's a space where that exists at least and and yeah. that people are really looking for it now i think people are looking for it and it is cool when people they they mention the videos or something because that's why i put them out there i mm-hmm. wanted people to stumble across them and see the value and then if they they see the value to the point where they want to join a community to learn more about it mm-hmm. that's just that's just fantastic to see but i you know, I'm not uploading all that much content today and maybe I'm, maybe I'll never will go out and do it again. Mm. You know, and if that's the case, like 
I think we're going to, and we see it now, we see other people mentioning, I stumbled across Reed's videos, or I attended this meetup in Salt Lake City, or, you know, I was walking down the street in Germany and they had these tables out and I, there, people are yeah. stumbling into this in a variety of different ways. And it's really exciting. Yeah, it's great. See, so, so what would you say the biggest misconception people have about SE is when, when people have maybe have heard of it, have seen it and maybe have taken it wrong? What do you think they mostly misunderstand about it? Ooh, biggest misconceptions about SE. Um, they think it's a manipulation tactic. Right. That you're, you're deceptively tricking people into coming around to your point of view. 100%, yeah. And, yeah. I, you know, I don't know what more we can do to get, get beyond that. And there's actually a topic in module one where we, we address that specific criticism mm. and, you know, we'll see what the focus group say about our characterization of, of whether that's accurate or not. Uh, yeah. I mean, the last thing I want to do is manip manipulate anyone to come around to my point of view. I may think they're wrong yep. and I might, I may want them to come around to my point of point of view, but I don't want to, I don't want to trick anyone right. into, you know, that's just, that's just kind of a crappy thing to, to do. And how, how sticky is that change going to be if you exactly. trick them? You know, it's like, yeah. I, it's much more human and effective to like, just talk through their reasoning and see if they have good reasoning and then leave them alone, alone to process it and be there if they want to talk right. with you again. So it, it always irks me when I hear it characterizes manipulation because it's definitely not what I want it to be. Um, can it be used for that? I guess, but you know, we're, we're trying to put some guidelines as far as what SE is, you know, these, and at some point you might cross a line. Now who determines what that line is, how that line is enforced. I mean, these, right. I don't have a clue. I have some ideas on it. Sure. You know, yeah. I, I've, I, I don't have experience, you know, in this space, developing this weird thing in an international environment under a spotlight. It's very strange. Yeah. So I, I think I think for sure the um some of the tools and practice of SE um will be identical to tools and practices of people who are seeking to persuade people. Uh con artists, charlatans, snake oil salesmen. Uh, interestingly, you know, I even hear I even hear the idea that we are trying to build rapport with uh conversation partners as being an example of us attempting to manipulate them. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean that because we, we literally talk about, you know, what are things that you can do to help your conversation partner feel more comfortable so that they'll reflect right. more, you know, if, if you're intentionally, you know, if you're being, here's the thing, I, I think as long as you're being genuine about the rapport and you're willing to explain why you're building rapport and you're not ashamed about explaining what you're doing and you would want the same thing done to you in the similar, in a similar situation, that's about as much as we can do to avoid the, the charge that it's manipulation. But if you're being sneaky about it and you're either you're doing certain things to, to elicit um, trust from them in order to get them to get them to reflect, then I think it, <laughs> it, it crosses the line. So it's, yeah. So I think, I, I think of this like the used car salesman, you know, the used car salesman is going to wear a nice suit and he's going to talk to you very amiably. He's going to, you know, a good used car salesman will, will, will happily, you know, be very relaxed and casual. He'll make, you know, eye contact. He'll use your language. He'll, 
he'll reflect your energy, you know, he'll he'll build rapport very, very quickly because he has a specific goal in mind of selling this used car, right? Um, the difference, of course, is that if 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 you as a customer start to be not not reflect that back or start to be you know hostile or un- unkind or whatever, he's going to still keep trying to push this car, right? But I think the SEO would walk away from that situation if that person is being un- unkind. I think we're not doing it because I think it, it's a way to to, in, to to get to another goal. I mean, in, in part, actually, a lot of people I think see building the rapport as as a major part of the objective. Um, making a connection with another human being is a big part, I think, of what motivates a lot of people to do SE. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you certainly can't do that without assuming that rapport can be built and working to build that rapport in the first instance. Rapport so, seems crucial to the SE process. Like you, yeah. But we've seen instances of people asking how or epistemological related questions where they don't have rapport. Um, there's a guy on YouTube. Uh, his channel's called The Dork Shop. And he goes out. In fact, I sent him an SE t shirt because I met up with him and he loves SE. But so he asks SE questions, but he's very abrasive. He doesn't have rapport. Like he's arguing, he's yelling and singing at people. Um, but he still asks his questions and uh, the questions don't land. They bounce off of the person that he's asked because he doesn't have the rapport. So we've identified rapport as one of the criteria that we think that you need in order to say that you're doing SE. But it needs to be genuine. Like, don't be fake. Yeah. Ideally. It's not rapport or cuss. If the the person is being horrible, then you're not going to want to continue that conversation. In fact, there's a great, there are lots of reasons why you should walk away from the conversation and, and the person being hostile or agitated or you know, not, not showing a willingness to engage, like, you know, you're not going to push, push the rapport because it's, it's because without having it, um, you're not really doing SE. I would say, so we, we talked about, um, the pillars of SE, like, and, and I think there, from my point of view, I would say that there are the four pillars and, and I think we've talked about this before, but it'd be good to, to just chat about it. Rapport is number one, I think, as a pillar of SE. If you don't have that, I don't think you're doing SE. So if 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 you're just doing every other piece of this well, but you're damaging the conversation, and I think a good indicator that we talked about this the other day, that a great indicator for that is whether or not your conversation partner would be willing to have another conversation with you mm. at the end. Whether you do or not is is separate, but if they would at least, if you think that they would not be willing to have that conversation with you again, or to continue that conversation, then I think you could say you've sufficiently lost rapport um, by the end of the conversation. So I think that's a great indicator of that. Yeah, that is a good indicator. Um, epistemology, that's uh, number two on the list. So if you're not talking about the reasons, the why and how somebody has come to a belief, um, then again, I would say you're not doing SE. Um, and this is a mm-hmm. trap that a lot of people fall into, I think. Um which I think could be discouraging to people who are new to SE. So let's say you've just learned SE and you understand the what, why, how, and you you spent 20 minutes just talking about what their claim is and their confidence level and how they're defining certain words. And you never get to their main reason mm-hmm. or their method for verifying the quality of that reason. It could be a little discouraging to be told, well, you didn't really hit the markers for SE. But yeah. it's still okay. You you could still have a really great conversation by talking about those other things. But yeah, we we really are trying to, I guess, draw some lines as far as like 
when you knew that you hit SE and yeah, talking about the quality of people's reasons or their methodology or the the epistemology is it. So yeah, I would say that that's another marker of it. I would also say, I would argue that, you know, because that's a great first step, it's a necessary first step. And it's one of the things that I learned uh, that I was not doing that really I've learned is hugely advantageous is checking the definitions. It's so easy to assume that you know what that person means by that word (laughs) and that you know what what you're very confident that you know what that word means. And so you pursue the conversation without making sure. And it's almost like whenever somebody makes a claim, you should pull every piece of that claim apart linguistically and then just make sure that you know what the separate words mean and what they mean in context together and really synchronize your understanding of that with your conversation partner. And that's been really, uh, somebody asked me the other day what, what has been the most useful thing about SE, me learning SE and, and, you know, being in the community for so long. And I'd say definitely realizing the value of that. Um, I've definitely had conversations in the past where it was far too late in the conversation and, 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 you know, nerves have been uh, on edge and and frustrations have been rising. And then we realize, well, hang on a sec. What do you mean by that? (laughs) What does that mean to you? Oh, okay. That's okay. Um, this is, this is a really, really useful step, but one of the interesting things about it is that I think actually, even in reflecting on what, how they would describe those words, I think they're actually starting to explore their epistemology because they have to realize yes. how those things connect. And I think I know. that's great. That's why I think it could be useful to maybe get a sense of person's confidence right from the start. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to say when, when surfacing a level of confidence could be useful because yeah, I think just the act of the person defining what their words mean or their, what their claim is and what those words are could actually start the reflection process right there. Yeah, I like really the, think it does. The yeah. classic example is I literally have a conversation with a guy on video. College campus is one of the first talks I've ever had on a college campus. And he, I, he, he wanted to talk about karma and he was defining karma. And by the end of him explaining what it was, he's like, I don't believe in it. He, <laughs> he, he like literally. That's so it, it, yeah. So I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, like, oh, that's, that's incredible that not even getting to the epistemological levels can cause reflection and even belief revision. Yeah. I I think that's totally true. I I, I mean, people use as well, they, they, they are so used to certain words, for example, not really being challenged and and everybody assuming a shared meaning. So I don't think it's just a problem with people wanting to have these conversations. I think it's a problem socially. We, you know, people are quite casually throwing around words like believe, for example. And and I know in the SE community, we, we, we hear so many different, ideas about what what it means to believe something or what it means to have faith that something is true you know religious and spiritual words even more so you know everybody will define the concept of a soul differently and start explaining it in very different terms and, and framings and you know yet in normal day-to-day conversations i think most people would never challenge it they just assume that there's a roughly shared meaning between between people i was so naive when I first started going out and doing SE, I mean, uh, the first year or two, I think I was just casually switching between believe and know and think. And I didn't realize that there's significant differences in what those mean, you know? So even I, as like an SE practitioner was really sloppy in my thinking, which makes me think, um, the, the majority of the population doesn't really think about those words to the degree that we do. Yeah. 
which could really put us at a disadvantage if we're assuming. Yeah. So you got to work out those, what those words, what they think those words mean and go with and their use definitions. their definitions is, is beautiful. It's just, a, it's just, it cuts through all of it. Like it, it cuts it, through all of it because now you're working within their model with their yeah. words. Yeah. Great. Uh, I love that. Um, the third thing I've got as a pillar, because I think there are four pillars. So rapport and epistemology would be the first two. And then the third third one is is honesty, I think. And it, we, we touched on that already a little bit. But, you know, I think it's, we, we described the other day um, the idea that you could, uh, you could, you could use a deepity, which is a term from Daniel Dennett, um, uh, who, who talked about the idea that, you know, a deepity is just a, 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 a verbal utterance that essentially sounds profound, but when you really break it apart, there's just nothing inside of it. Um, the, other, the other day we were talking about these and I, I, I found a website, which I, I've, I love, which is, uh, which is a Deepak Chopra AI um, yeah. that's designed to create Deepak Chopra sounding like statements. There's one for John Peterson now too. Is there really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I can believe it. Um, and it can create these very profound, superficially profound sounding statements that really, I mean, you think, oh, that's, that's kind of beautiful. It's kind of wonderful. But of course, it's meaningless. It's absolutely meaningless. And so that would be a great example, I think, of dishonest reflection generation. I mean, you, you, could, you could make these statements and somebody could sit and really t- be taken aback by it and, and start to think about it and genuinely be reflecting, which you could describe as aporia. Um, but I would say that that by any reasonable measure, those kinds of things are dishonest because that's not a really meaningful statement. You're just confused, confused. Fusion. Yeah. Mm. Confusion and aporia. There's a fine line. Like sometimes you'll look at video examples in, or even just real life examples. And I'm like, now is she confused or is she really <laughs> reflecting? And sometimes if I don't know, I'll just ask maybe even like, <laughs> maybe they didn't understand the word you just used and are too polite to say so. Right. <laughs> It'll feel awkward and they don't want to say, so they just, they're just kind of wondering how to get out of the conversation. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm worried about is that they're thinking too much about what they think they should be saying and yeah. not what they just truly think. So honesty, honesty comes from both sides. Like you want your interlocutor to be honest with themselves and you. And it's really frustrating when you don't see that. Like they're just, they're just fake. They're smiley. Yeah. And they just, they're just giving you all the right answers. And it's, it's just, so, it's discouraging as an S ear, yeah. but as the S ear, you got to be honest too. Yeah. And that's, that's tough. Like it's yeah. tough to be honest, but it really is the best way to go. Like um, we, we were talking about manipulation before. And one of the, one of the, the ways around manipulation or is to, I think be willing to describe exactly what you're doing yeah, and be honest about what you're doing. And if they still yeah. want to do it, then so like be honest with what you're doing, uh, be honest with your goals be honest that you're worried that sharing your goals could cause them to become defensive. Mm. I, I think you can, I think that that's okay to do. Like I'm worried that you finding out my position is different than yours might actually cause you to become more defensive. Well, one interesting thing about the honesty thing is that I've noticed that the more honest I, I, I make an effort to be in the conversation and in not just honest, but transparent. I think those things are different. I mean, there's, there's a sense of dishonesty, which is you're trying to necessarily, um, you know, make somebody convince somebody in a, in a, in a dishonest fashion. Um, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to trick them, uh, essentially, but then there's, there's, there's transparency, which would be, which I think is a part of the honesty, but transparency is just being very open about your, your, your own, firstly, your own motives internally. So you, you're being transparent with yourself and recognizing 
that you may have biases, you may be, you know, motivated for the wrong reasons to be even engaging in the conversation. But secondly, being able to be transparent with your conversation partner, I think, is is, is absolutely critical. Um, so that one of the, but then one of the interesting re, um, results of this transparency is that it's actually much more relaxing to have the conversation. Takes the pressure off because now you don't have to worry about hiding anything. Here's here's my worry though: is could here? I don't know if you, you must have thought about this. Could you be priming somebody to be more open and trusting because you've now revealed everything that you're doing? Or you know what I'm saying? Like I, so it's part of manipulation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is the problem with it, right? It's it's like every which way. If you if if even being open and friendly is can be attributed to a form of manipulation. I, I think there are ways people could say that every human interaction is about manipulation in some way. Um, every time you speak, you essentially want to make a change in that other person. And so if we if we hold SE to such a, a strict definition of manipulation, then I think we would have to agree that in some ways it is. I just don't think it's, it is in the way that most people would use the phrase manipulation. I think people have a very specific set of criteria that they would say, constituted manipulation and they wouldn't say that day-to-day speech or honest discourse like friendly open conversation would constitute manipulation so if we if we hold it to the sort of philosophical burden i think we'd have to agree that it is just like any other form of conversation is manipulation but i think if we are really honest about how most people use that term i don't think it could be classified as that if it's being done properly yeah and i think that's probably where some of my frustration stems from it's like well we're just, we're really just talking to people and asking questions. Now we're asking really well thought out and analyzed and theorized about questions. And we have, we have a body of, of examples now to draw from, to really say like, there's something seemingly unique going on here, Hmm. which I think is what's driving our own internal idea that we need to be more careful about how this is perceived and we don't want to be manipulating and and we do want to be honest. Uh, why is that? Why wh- is that just a cultural thing or is, are we really noticing something unique here that we're holding ourselves to a higher standard? I think it's the latter because yeah, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. I, I think speaking carefully, um, thinking very clearly as much as you can about how you're saying what you're saying and making sure that you're avoiding as much bias as possible and trying to adopt the principles of street epistemology in your conversation already makes the conversation feel to some extent artificial. Most people Mm. just say things and they don't always necessarily think very much about what they're going to say. They often are just reacting or responding. So the moment that conversation comes up against anybody that's putting thought into what they're saying, it's going to mean that that person seems to have an agenda Back in the manipulation space, it's it's very very difficult to get away from this. Yeah, it, it's da- it's dangerous. It, it scares me that a productive form of discourse that can really cause significant reflection and possible belief revision could be positioned as a problem. Yeah, especially when you compare it to the other approaches that we're currently using, which is to ridicule and demonize and throw people facts that they're not going to likely consider like why why is it the one good thing is struggling the most to overcome this charge of deception or something (laughs) well i think it's a problem with i think it's a problem with society not necessarily the method if i'm honest because 
look, I, I've said to you, if I, one of our first conversations, I said, you know, to me, like, there's a real problem with the optics of SE. And I'm specifically talking about the street interview style, is that if anybody comes up to you in the street, anybody, if anybody come up to me in the street, if, if I hadn't known you and you came up to me with your clipboard in your hand and say, hey, I'd like to have a conversation with you about what you believe. I'm, I'm going to very, very much immediately assume that you're a Scientologist, that you're a Jehovah's Witness, that you're advocating for some other religious narrative, um, or you're trying to sign me up to some scheme. That's my first response, because nobody just wants to talk. Everybody has an agenda. Yeah. And so the fact that we are trying as much as possible to just want to talk um, uh-huh. is, 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 is not you know, visible to people. I do think we have agendas still, just like we mm. can't have any conversation where there's not manipulation. I think me going out on the street with my camera and flagging people down, I have an agenda to get examples where I can practice SE, maybe leave you with something to think about and have a really good example where maybe thousands of people can watch it and then end up in the the discord, right? Because they watch the video. So <laughs> like, I, you know, I, I do have an agenda as well. Um, I would never I, de- deny that I didn't. Yeah, I think that's really important. And, and I think, I think that also speaks to the notion of bias um, that a lot of people feel exists within SE. I mean, a lot of people feel, for example, that there's a bias towards atheism, for example, or certain conclusions, let's just say, about yep. certain topics. Yep. And this, yep. this, this, this bias, I think, is a byproduct, frankly, of us being biased towards or preferring rationality over other ways of knowing. We, we prefer people to have better epistemological reasons for what they believe than not yeah. doing so. Yeah. So is that a, is that a function of the tools? Is it the, is it, a, is it the, is the practitioner bringing that to that? I, like, I think, I think people who don't, hmm, can people who don't value rationality succeed at doing SE? It's the, it's the, it's the paragraph. I, it's the first paragraph in, in the first chapter of, um, Peter Bogosian's A Manual for Creating Atheists talks about the fact that street epistemologists should help the faithful value reason. And I deeply dislike that sentence. Um, And I deeply dislike it because what it suggests is that the faithful do not value reason and that they need to be brought to reason. The, The truth is, the obvious truth is that almost everybody in almost every area of their life values reason and values logic and values consistency. And will test things and make reasonable assumptions based on those the outcomes, and they will they will learn things from people that they've grown to trust, and they will apply those things as best they can. People are by default reasonable people; they are rational people. They are, they operate almost all of their areas of their life in this way. Sometimes people special case certain beliefs, or haven't even noticed that they special case certain beliefs. And I think that's where SE is fantastic. It's about encouraging people to notice if they've made a subtle uh, failure, misconnection of logic. Mm. It's it's about them coming to realize that it's not, we, we, we can't, in a street interview, you cannot treat, teach somebody logic and reason that doesn't have it. Um, it would be amazing that they made it outdoors and were having the conversation in the first place. Um, <laughs> they have clothes on, they're speaking a language, right? Like exactly. they value link, they value <laughs> reason to some degree. Yeah. But there's certain beliefs and maybe, maybe that's the, maybe that's the delineation is like um, maybe people who are drawn to SE are more willing to be less dis- or more, be, maybe they're willing to be more discriminating about their 
about all of their beliefs, that they don't wall off certain beliefs than others. Yeah, I, I think I think one of the principal or common mindsets I would say is that there are there are very few people in the SE community that would proclaim they are certain about something. Yeah, uh, everything is open to being mistaken, or it's much more skeptical about almost everything. And I think that's a great thing. And helping other people see the value of that is partly, I think, what SE is doing. Um, but interestingly, and, and this is why one of the things I think is genuinely beautiful about SE is that it's not because we're not explaining how logic works. We're not even uncovering the mistakes people might have made by not applying logic in all areas of their life equally. What we're doing is encouraging them to notice where those mistakes might be and letting them make those assumptions, make 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 those connections. There was a commentator, I don't know if you're, this is going to date this video, but the, the current Amber Heard, Johnny Depp uh, trial that's going on that seems to be flooding YouTube every 10 seconds with myriad videos. There was one video that I saw um, of that where it was, a, it was a description of how the lawyers were working and how they were using language to um, convince the, the jury or, 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 or demonstrate things to the jury, which I thought was quite interesting. And one of the things that the uh, commentator said was that the Johnny Depp's lawyer was not, when they caught Amber Heard in a lie, essentially saying something that seemed obviously dishonest or seemed very much incongruent with her previous narratives. They never said that is, that's not what you said previously, or this doesn't seem consistent. They never say that. And the reason that they are not saying that is because it's much more effective if the jurors are led to the position, given, given all of the information and that they make that, they notice that incongruence. Interesting. Oh, it's that makes me feel effective. less. That makes me feel less frustrated when I watch those things because <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene was being interrogated by an attorney, and I was, I was like yelling at my tablet. Why isn't he fixating on that or or asking a few more questions to call it to the to land it? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So in your in your view, the lawyer was landing it, but was holding in, back in the minds of the audience. By by, if you, if they were to say it out loud. It would be the lawyer that was making the connection and it would be, and then they, then the, the, um, the jury in this case would be reflecting on how they felt about the lawyer's conclusion. Ah. But by leaving it open, the conclusion occurred in the minds of the jury. And because they were making that connection, they were noticing this connection. It became a much more powerful memory for them as in Ideas that you connect in your own head using your own thoughts based on what you're seeing are more powerful than ones that are just simply mm -hmm. given to you. And I thought, what a great example of why SE can be incredibly effective. Um, yeah. But potentially another route, of course, for its cause for being dishonest and manipulative. But in any case, I think it's certainly right. true. We want them to do the work rather than us to tell them what the conclusion should be. Mm -hmm. This is funny because when I first started uploading my videos and they weren't really good, the Richard Dawkins Foundation took one of them and put them on their Facebook. And I was like, I was so excited that they did that <laughs> until I read the comments and comment <laughs> after comment was pointing out all the things that I didn't do. Like, why didn't you tell them? And I was intentionally not doing that so that they would be reflecting yeah. on it. And that, I think yeah. that's, it's funny that I didn't pick up on that myself when I watched that. It's, it's one of the funny things, um, I think, is, is and again, it's one of the things that's really useful to learn and I've definitely valued from thinking more about because I, I definitely would not do this. But 
knowing when to stop is really critical in SE and you don't stop mm-hmm. when you've gotten that slam dunk gotcha moment. Like that's, <laughs> if you're looking for that, you should not be in this game. I used not, to do that. I used to end sure. it right on that <laughs> moment and not, not of confusion, but gen, it seemed like genuine aporia. I don't know for sure, but it sure seemed like that. And they would pause, they would think, and then I would just put my hand out to shake their hand and end the conversation. Like, perfect. Gotcha. Uh, you know, and, and it wasn't a gotcha. It was like, I wanted my, again, my audience, I'm always thinking about my audience. I want my audience to understand uh, why did he end it there? Yeah. Because that was the moment. The right that was the moment where they were thinking about it. And that's yeah. the whole goal of SE. Exactly. And, and, and so the, the real, the gotcha that most people would chase will be then landing the punch. Like we'll be, we'll be getting to that conclusion and saying, okay, so now you agree with me that, uh, <laughs> You know, uh, that's, that's the gotcha. That, that's the triumphant kill blow that people chase. They, they want to get to the point where they can say, and I am now victorious. <laughs> it, it, that's, you're you're going to wait a long time for that because it could take, <laughs> it could take years, especially like the people with like uh, Dan comes to mind. He, he uh, I interviewed him as a Christian. He reflected on his beliefs three years later. He messaged me, Hey, by the way, you know, I don't believe this anymore. Um, like that's that's nice too if you had a small part in a role, you know, helping a person reflect on a belief that likely isn't true, and they're gre- they're grateful for it, and then they want to learn more about it, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Like that's exciting, but no, like the reflect the reflective moments are the win. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's exactly some, it. That's that's, that's, that's all you want. That's all you need. But so much of conversation and debate is and and just in you know discourse generally these days it seems to be is pursuing the victory slap of and driving it home. With, I know. And you're know. absolutely right. You that you're going to be waiting a long time because nobody wants to concede that point. So you, you, you snatch defeat from the jaws of victory <laughs> by, by chasing it beyond the conversation's utility. A lot of really great. It's SE, just it's like, a, dude, it's it is a thing though. When you, when yeah. you, when you, when you, you're literally in front of somebody who's reflecting on a belief that's profound to their identity and they've never considered it before. It is a rush to watch. You know, to experience it and yeah. you want to go after it again. So like, like don't just end it there, like with a handshake, but you also don't want to talk for 30 more minutes either. I think you want yeah. to start wrapping it. You recognize it, confirm that they've recognized that something unique happened there yeah, and then end it with an invitation to meet again. If you can let them walk away thinking about what you were talking about yeah. or, or like leave it yeah. ready for them to riff. I, I, I had this thing the other day I was saying, I think probably that the most SE happens in the shower the next day. <laughs> like it's when it's when they're taking that shower, they're not really thinking about it, but that sort of thought process is still bubbling away and it suddenly occurs to them. And then now they're thinking, huh, why, why was you saying that? Like, why, what do I really think about this? Like, I think that's where the real, uh, effect of SE is really felt. It's not in the moment. And if you chase it in the moment, I think you're risking snatching defeat yeah. from the jaws of victory. And one of the things I like to equate this to is the idea that great artists know when to stop. And it's a, it's, it's a real thing that I think people have to learn about what they're trying to do is knowing when to stop in general. And I think it's a, yeah. it's a thing that SE is definitely need to practice. As, and it's been really valuable to me recognizing that sometimes walking away earlier, maybe too soon is better than too late by, mm-hmm. a, by a big margin. And that leads me to the fourth pillar, which is reflection. Um, so just re- recap the rapport, epistemology, honesty, and then reflection. And so reflection in your view... In your view, if you didn't hit a moment of reflection, you would say that they didn't do SE, even if they had the rapport, the trust, and uh, honesty. Honesty. Mm. 
Yeah, I think if you haven't caused your conversation partner to think, um, actually really reflect on what they've been um, talking about, um, I don't I don't know. Or at that point, you might argue, and, and I think it would be very difficult not for them not to reflect. As in, as we said before, even just by defining their terms, I think you've successfully probably achieved some meaningful sense of reflection. I right? think so. You even have just, to scan your brain for what do I mean by that word? No, right. no, I don't mean that. I mean this. That's reflection. So exactly, yeah. and and I think you can also, hit reflection at that first what level. You don't have to go down to why and how. You you could hit reflection, asking them for a belief, and then they give you a belief. And the moment they've said it out loud and heard themselves say it, I think they've started to reflect. Like some yeah. people, for sure, more than others, but like. Sometimes just having to articulate it in out loud um, and yeah. let, before you do anything else, I think is it can be reflection generating. So confidence level too. Just thinking, oh, this isn't a binary right. true false. I could be, I could be somewhat sure that this is true. Whoa, I never really considered. That but if somebody was really doxastically closed, say professionally motivated, heavily motivated to represent a view, and was just asked, you know. Uh, there was great rapport. They were very friendly and amiable. Um, you ask them for their reasons. They give you their reasons, but they're they're so doxastically closed. They're not really. They're, they're resisting every which way. Really, honestly engaging in this topic. And if you were as honest as you can in in persuade, you know, in in representing yourself and uh, you know presenting yourself in a certain way, and you were doing all of this, and yet that person walked away having at no point really thought about it because. And that that doesn't necessarily mean you've failed as a, as a street epistemologist. It means just the attempt has failed, I think. That if they walk away without really reflecting, and some people, I think, are much more resistant to actual honest critical reflection themselves. So it doesn't necessarily mean anything about you as a street epistemologist, but it says, mm. certainly says something about the nature of that interaction. And I think whilst it could totally be said that you attempted to do street epistemology, I think it would be reasonable also to say that it wasn't successful if the person hadn't at any point really honestly reflected mm. on their reasons. So I think that's a critical component of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, I don't think I could disagree with any of that. Is there anything that we're missing? Is there a, is there a fifth or a sixth? I wonder if in five years, like I was thinking, <laughs> the, the SE videos of today are going to be the worst examples of SE in five years. You know, yeah, and so. there's like, going to yeah. be this progress. So I'm wondering if there might be other elements that will snap on to this to say, well, we forgot about this fifth one that you need to have. But I, th- I think I think you got the main ones. Rapport, trust, honesty, reflection. Yeah, I think that's it. The four pillars. And I think as long as you've as long as you've hit those notes um, and you've done your best. And I, I don't I don't think any of any of it, any of the other stuff matters. I don't. You, I don't think you have to. And this is this is the conversation I think we touched on previously. And there's there's like a whole. I've got a whole list of questions that I'm just not asking you right now. By the way, um, because the conversation's always more fun than it should be. But, um, however, um, yeah. Look, I, I think I think those four pillars. I think as long as you've hit those, I think you could have been said to have either. Well, firstly, if you've tried to hit those, you've attempted street epistemology. If you've achieved those things, you know, if those things have really happened, then I think you could be said to have, have actually achieved a, a street epistemology. You've done, you've done SE. The, the methods, the practice of street epistemology, the way that we are currently practicing it, I would say is the most likely thing to change as, as SE evolves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I've I noticed that in so my, own, my, my own examples, you know, like yeah. the, the early stuff in front of the Alamo, the street preachers was horrible. <laughs> the stuff on the campuses was only slightly better. I mean, the stuff on the trail, I think I'm maybe the most proud of because I was more calm and reflective myself. Yeah. But then sort of like at the tail end, when I went back to the campus, like there were just so many pressures. And I think a lot of those, those pressures boiled into my, my own interactions. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to see improvements. We're already seeing improvements in how SE is doing. Yeah. We see experimentation like with, with yeah. the, uh, the claimless SE and, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, a more diverse group of people getting into it and practicing it besides just white guys. You know, I think we're going to, yeah. I think we're going to start seeing some huge improvements in the way that it's done and maybe a more compassionate authentic. As long as it's authentic, if we can just keep going towards our authenticity yeah. and honesty, and then the rest of it should follow. I completely agree. I, I think though, and this is, this is a slightly bold assertion. I think it's, it would be, much less likely that those four pillars will change than anything else about SE. I think this is what makes it street epistemology. And 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 I we we talked about this before, so I'm just going to bring this up again, I think if I can find it, the which was the my my definition of SE, which which differs you know, I know. Last time the, we recorded this, you left that definition on the screen the entire interview. I did. <laughs> what is he trying to do here? Oh, yeah, yeah, we have variations of, of definition. We do, we do for sure. Um, and this is the one I've I've been using uh, the most, and it's certainly uh, it's certainly an evolving thing. I, I tweak it every now and then as I think about it, but. Street epistemology is the act of respectfully encouraging others to honestly and critically reflect on the reasons why they believe what they believe. Um, and the believe what they believe part often p- feels like the piece that most people aren't sure about. They really don't like the word belief. So think is could, true is so much clearer. Think is true is definitely an alternative that I've also used. The, the mm-hmm. idea that reasons why people think something to be is true um, is, is, is equally valid and removes the concept of belief. But in any case, I think those things would be reasonably analogous. And I think in different contexts, you could swap those out. I I do Um, notice it says reflect on the reasons. And of course we get it down to method. Like, uh, we're thinking about, you can, you can, I mean, we can wordsmith this thing to death, but, um, we're actually reflecting on like, you, you are reflecting on the reasons, how they determine that it is a good reason. So it's the method that they're using to verify the quality of that reason, but they're essentially reflecting on their reasons. Yeah. Exactly. And then this is you're doing point. a lot of you're doing a lot of lifting with those with that phrase. Reflect on the words, reason. words, and do that. Yeah. And and so one of the things that I've I, I did with this particular configuration is is I, I introduced it. I, I explained it to somebody who who English wasn't their first language, um, and and they they were Swedish. The, the other day we we had somebody in the server who was was had never heard of SE. They were brand new to SE. So they were, they were in a different server. They weren't in the SE server. Mm. And we happened to be talking about SE. And I said, have you, have you heard us talk about SE before? And they said, no. And I said, great, give me a, give me a second. And English, again, really very much is not their first language. And I, and I said, street, this is what I'm saying street epistemology is. Does that make sense to you? And he read this and he, he was Swedish. And he said, yeah, actually, that, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And I said, do you think you could translate that into Swedish and carry the same meaning? And he said, yes. <laughs> nice. Now that I think was really important. <laughs> Yeah, we do want a translatable, like SE is an international thing. Um, when I was giving a talk to the the Dutch Skeptic Society and I was explaining rapport, we were having yeah. like a pre-discussion and they said, we don't really have a, a translation for that word. Go with relationship, right? which I did. But there's a there's a difference between relationship and rapport, I think, Maybe in, in as, English. An English, as an English speaker <laughs> there is. But for them, they saw them as synonymous. 
language is tricky for sure. But one thing also I think that would be a really good indicator that we've gotten this right is that we could explain it to a 12 year old. Like, and, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, being flowery. I mean, literally be able to explain it to a 12 year old. Literally let's boil I, I, it down as simple as possible so that it's, it's consumable by as many people. And I, yeah. I think if, if there was a change to the report, the, the four pillars and the, and the, 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 you know, the line or the, the single line definition of SE, it would be ideally to make it simpler. I think rather than pack more into it, I think boiling it down mm. to its absolute essence is, yeah. is, is critical. We, uh, we really vast, we've, we've spent almost a year on module one, what is SE? And we re, re, re we rewrote it two or three times. Yeah. And even down to the definition we spent, we must've spent, I mean, I don't know how many hours. I can't imagine. I mean, 300 I hours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like a lot of time <clears throat> and that's just the recorded stuff. So we decided to present three definitions because we thought there there's different audiences that are coming to SE. There's the newbie that just wants the simplest definition. There's a more, um, there's a medium sort of form definition for people who might be presenting about SE and then maybe a more intricate one for like the hardcore practitioner that wants to know if they actually achieved SE and maybe a researcher or maybe even a journalist who's writing an article about SE. So we felt yeah. it necessary, but at the risk of possibly confusing people like well which definition do i use? so it's yeah. yeah it's kind of tough but i think it we're wrapping tough. our our we're wrapping our minds around it and we're not just doing it in a black box like we are like the people who are on the team are from the sc community they're practitioners yeah. and they're engaged and they 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 interact with other people in the community and we're also focus group testing it too so and i i noticed that you signed up for it too so we're going to get yeah. feedback from people who 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 have thoughts on these things and we'll listen to them. Yeah. We want to yeah. revisit it too. Like, like these pillars or, you know, there may be something to snap onto that down the road. And I think we yeah. should always be open to that. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's, I think I, my, my main thing is, is to try to make things as simple. It's, it's, it's a, I forget who said it. Um, it may, it might be an Einstein quote, but it may have predated Einstein. Um, but in any case, it, the principle of, of, of things should be made to be as simple as possible, but no simpler. I think it's attributed to Einstein. And I think it's, it's, is exactly right. I think, I think if SE really is a thing, like a real thing, like a tangible thing that people can believe in and support and, and, and try to work towards and, I don't think it can be a complicated thing. Like complicated things don't tend to survive very long in 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 societies. Um, they tend to be broken apart and sort of misunderstood and, and there's confusion. I think the simplest possible way of expressing SE um, would make it much stronger conceptually. And I think that if there is a form of it that could be expressed in you know, six words and not 12, for example, that's a better form of it, providing you're still keeping the essence. And I think yeah. that's why those those four pillars to me are critical because if we can agree, I'm not, not saying you and I can agree now, but if it could be agreed, for example, that those four pillars were the four things that SE has to be to be SE, then I think we can make sure that a sentence that articulates that is properly defining SE. Yeah. Um, and I think that if you can do it with four words, then maybe maybe... <laughs> Maybe the definition of SE is rapport, epistemology, honesty, and reflection. Maybe that's the definition of SE in in mm -hmm. in, in the most terse possible sense. Mm -hmm. um, but but I think it's something simple, and I, I really and yeah, so simple is better. Simple is better, and and this idea of explaining it to a twelve year old really sort of reminds me of something because I, I the my biggest hope for SE is that it would get 
taught in schools and, and it could be taught to kids. Um, I think that would be the highest, most amazing thing. If I, if I was to be passing away, thinking back at life and I had any hand whatsoever in helping the idea of SE become emancipated from just, for example, promoting atheism, because that would be a huge barrier to its wider adoption. Yeah. And, and for it to be taught to kids, like young kids at school, so that they can use SE to help explore their world. I think that would be amazing. That would just yeah. be absolutely fantastic. What better mark could you leave on society than that? And and that's yeah. what we're that's what we're trying to do with with the nonprofit and yeah. And I can't speak for all the other people who upload examples, but they usually have pretty noble goals like that. They see the value in it. They want to show people how to have better talks. And I mean, we have almost two dozen people who have volunteered from around the world, countless hours, yeah, to develop this course. And we like I know like keep it simple is really important, but we're trying to like identify the entire corpus of what SE is. And it's this, it's pretty, I, I really don't think we're, we're making it harder than it needs to, but I, we are trying to simplify it. <laughs> we, we don't also want to leave anything off the table either. So we're, we're really trying to take this huge thing and simplify it with the idea that other people will come around and write simpler versions and simpler iterations of it and, and take the, take some of the fringe stuff that's in there and just give the basics. Yeah. Translations are included in that as well. And I think that's going to happen. I, I think I, I hope to be one of those people. Um, I, I think like what, one of the things that I, I would say without, without getting into the specifics of, of, of the sort of the module one, cause you know, uh, pre- previously when we spoke about this, I hadn't seen it. I have now seen it and, and I've given a lot of feedback, I think, or uh, dumped a lot of feedback on you guys uh, about it. But I think, I think in one sense, like I can feel, and this kind of leads actually leads us on to, to, to talking about SEI, but in one sense, I can feel like the, the desire, like the genuine honest desire to create like a pathway for somebody to go from not really understanding what this is to being able to be able to say, yeah, okay, I get this now. I'm now confident that I can both understand what SE is and practice it. And I think that that pathway is like super useful. But in another sense, I also feel like there's a huge burden that the people that have been creating this material have felt, and, and I, I suspect you feel also, um, which is that you're trying to represent what has now become quite a huge community of opinions and thoughts and different different levels of um, interest in different aspects and, and vast arrays of criticism. Um, and so now you've got this sort of very complex idea because it's not just what is SE, but it's also what is SE to you guys. And what SE is to you guys is a very complex thing. And trying to represent yeah. all of that in a, in a in a simple, easy to understand form for somebody who's never encountered it before is a very, very, very difficult challenge. Yeah, and I well, think it's pr- the wrong challenge. I would say. Mm, well, I, see, I think it's really important to, to contain some of that stuff in there. But we we're, we've realized that there's um, that there's two there's different types of people who are coming to the course. There are people who just want to learn the basics. And then there are people who want to just totally immerse themselves and they'll consume any little bit of information about SE. Yeah. So we're writing the course to accomplish all of that, but we're flagging some of the topics within the module now. I don't know if we had that when you did your review. We may have, but we flagged some topics as supplemental. Yeah. They're, they're not. So the, the learner will be able to see which topics are useful for the person who just wants to understand what it is to the point where they get comfortable doing it. And then there's other topics that get into more, more of the nuance that your typical SE probably has no interest whatsoever in, in observing. And then they can just decide, they can decide if they want to go that way. 
I think I think my 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 if I was learning to drive, I, I didn't actually drive. I need I need to get a license at some point. <laughs> I'm leaving it late in life. But if if I was to learn to drive and um I'm trying to learn the difference between manual and, and automatic gearboxes. Um, I need to know how the one in the car that I'm in works. Um, that's what's important to me to in order to to functionally be able to drive the car and focus on like learning the basics of like driving. That's what I need to know. And I think that you could, if you like, if, if you were to, uh, I'm sure a mechanic, for example, could tell you really interesting stories about the different types of automatic gearbox that might not be immediately apparent to you. Mm. Or all the controversies around different types of gearbox mechanisms and their relative relationships to the current laws in the country that I'm in, potentially, um, or or the the relatively you know how often certain types of gearboxes may or may not break down in different contexts. I this person could be telling me all of this really genuinely useful and valid information, but I just need to know how to make the car not break and I understand get driving, and that's that's the kind yeah of yeah yeah <laughs> I understand so. So you try to think of it this way, like we've assembled, number one, we asked the community, what do you want to see? And we got yeah. deluged with like hundreds and hundreds of topics. So we arranged those, we categorized them, and then we assembled this team to write about all of it. And um, if we left, it, this is not to say that we didn't leave anything off the table, by the way. Sure, of course. We yeah. have, I'm sure <laughs> we have like Robert, the project manager is always honest, like, you know, you deleted, you, you removed something that was such an interesting idea. Yeah, but it didn't belong in this thing. So we're, 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 um, we are, we're trying to be careful about what we represent, but like, yes, the, the typical person who's new to SE doesn't necessarily need to know that there's controversy that SE is often considered manipulation. Right. Right. But if we didn't include something like that in the course, I think we would be doing a disservice to people who really get into SE and we've got this team. We might as well do it now rather than put something out that's sort of half baked and then circle back around. We actually thought about doing that originally. We had a basic track of courses and then an intermediate slash advanced. And as we started outlining things, we, it sort of just naturally progressed into this. We're doing the whole enchilada, but now we're make we're discriminating between the different topics. So the person can decide. But there's there's way more left on the table that didn't make it in the course that that I arguably should have been added. So, so to me, I think there are two things that I'd like to address. There, one is is I would. Do you feel like it was the right group of people to ask about what should be included in the course? The people that were already in the community. I, I'm not. Ooh. I don't say they should be excluded, but is that is that actually the people who would know best what they would want to understand about something? About, that they already understand and they well, already have a view and opinion. So to be clear, there's there's two there's two contributors to the course. Mm -hmm. There's the community who submitted their topics and give us feedback on on the modules that we put out. Mm. All right, so there's people now. I don't know who those are. They they could be trolls. They could be mm. SES experts, mm -hmm. and anywhere in between. So we are getting maybe their feedback. <laughs> they may, <laughs> many cases they may be both. Uh, and then we have the then, then we have the volunteers for the team, and some of them range from having no experience in SE whatsoever, and they're just they're just good editors, or they're good at making illustrations. Uh, to we've made some delineations, like we have subject matter experts, and then we have writers mm -hmm. with varying degrees of expertise in SE. Mm -hmm. My sense is that the people that we have on the team are the best people that we can have for to writing the course. Right, people that have. They've probably read the books. We didn't check to say, did you read these books? But they've probably read the books. They've conducted SE. 
themselves. They've uh, they've actually probably been content creators of SE. They've dealt with criticisms of their work of SE. Mm-hmm. They conduct practice sessions on SE. Yeah, maybe they'll give talks or workshops on it. And they've volunteered because they're passionate about it, and they're also available. Yeah, and they didn't request to be paid in many cases. You know, so like, it was a no. There's like a, you know, there's a there's a noble yeah. aspect of it too. So like, I don't know what more. I don't well, know what other people, other than maybe experts in editing, which we plan on bringing in to give it one solid voice and and get rid of some of the the, the extraneous text that's in there. If, but, if I may, I think I think maybe um, so. It's, I, I I would have absolutely no doubt that the people that are writing this material are, are experts in uh, in this this new concept and have a deep amount of experience in it. And I'm sure that the community, when you reached out to the community and asked them, what would you want to see in a course like this? I'm sure that many of those people were making really great suggestions and, and had genuinely great reasons for doing this. I think the problem is that neither the people writing the course nor the people already in the community are really your target audience. I know. I, 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 the problem is that you want to show it to somebody who has got no idea what this is and see yeah. if by the end of it, they have an understanding. Yeah. And the only thing that you can do, like you can't really, I mean, I suppose, I suppose you could bring in just people who are novices to SE that are willing to dedicate two years of their life to develop something that they have no idea about. You could bring them in, but um, no, in the focus groups, like we're specifically looking for people who are unfamiliar with SE. Mm. And recently somebody in a completely different subreddit just casually mentioned SE and we got an influx of people completely unfamiliar with it. And we were so excited because they are our target audience. Yeah. And we have specifically carved out focus groups just for them because the questions that we're going to ask them and the answers that we get back, I think are going to be much different mm-hmm. than we, we would get from somebody like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I completely agree. so we, we haven't ignored that. That's our target and sure. we value those opinions. But as far as like, you know, when you, when you, when you want to write a, a, a module about, the scalings, the scales that we use in an SE conversation. Mm. You need people that have used it and understand the nuance of what that means and the criticisms that you get when you roll out the scale. And yeah. so that the newbie isn't caught off guard, you know, when they roll out a scale. I think, I think to me, it's like, this is the, this is the other thing in reflecting on, on like when you introduce somebody to the complexity, as opposed to whether you introduce them to the complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, I think for me, just like in the example I gave about wanting to learn how to drive, I'd, I don't even know if I'm going to learn to drive or whether I'm going to be any good at it. I, I've, I'm sitting in the car for the first time. I've got no idea what I'm doing and I kind of want to be driving. That's what I want to have achieved as a result of me picking up the lessons in the first place, or in this case, picking up the course of SE. You know, I want to be able to start at least understanding whether or not this is even something that I'm going to want to keep pursuing. And I think that in that sense... Um, in that first lesson or the first few lessons, if the the guy is talking to me about very complex things or, or in, interest, he's fascinated by the subject, right? So he's going to be telling me lots of interesting things about the history of the gearbox. It's, I don't even know if I like cars yet. I don't even know if I'm going to be driving like the next lesson. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. Before yeah. this guy tells me all of this, could you just give me the basics of like, okay, this is the steering wheel. This is the, <laughs> this is roughly what you're going to be doing. Let's just take a little spin around the car park. Yeah. Now you've got a feel for it. Now we can start talking about like the next level of complexity on from that. And then at some point, totally, this guy's ready for hearing about the different types of transmissions and the different types of gearboxes and, and, and just understanding some more of the, the history and the nature of the mechanics of the car. I think that's totally valid. 
anybody driving a car should have a, a rudimentary, at the very least, understanding mm. of the mechanics and may become an enthusiast such that they become incredibly experienced in understanding the nature of the car. But I, I think step one is to just get them going. You know, you 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 don't you don't sort of want to overload them. And I think that was certainly very much a big part of my concerns about sort of the, the current version of module one was that it very much was trying to address the, the, the breadth of, of what SE is before I've even discovered yet whether or not I like SE or I would, what is this thing? I don't know. Yeah. A couple thoughts on that. So we, mm. we early on, we brought in two people who had experience with inst- instructional design and teaching mm. adult learning principles. Mm. And uh, we spent our, our team, I think, so we have these instructional designers that know how to write courses to teach adults and young adults. Cause that mm. was our goal, like, you know, yeah. younger people. Um, so we actually had to learn um, the SME people familiar with SE were basically being taught how to present this material in a way that is best suited for teaching it. Mm. So we actually took a back seat to, um, to experts in, in that regard. So, mm-hmm. so that was it. But um, yeah, I mean, we don't want to overburden the learner. So what, what we would like to do, like I, I fully expect us to, to see people like yourself or others take what we've written, boil it down. Maybe we right. can even present it alongside of our, our course on the same distribution platform so mm-hmm. they can see William's version, you know, compared <laughs> to our version. And then we can let the let 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 the community decide. Oh shit! You know, five thousand people have taken William's course, and only six hundred have taken the the big one. Yeah, <laughs> that, that could that, that could terrible. happen. But one thing that we want to do is we want to um, we really want to release. Uh, we're looking for a volunteer, by the way, hmm. somebody who can take what we've written in module one and boil it in all the modules. There's about twenty modules that make up the course. Um, we're spending a lot of time talking about the course, by the way. We should probably talk right. about other stuff. I'm but more than happy to talk about everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're we're looking for volunteers to take uh, take that and boil down to a one pager that we can just just put out into the ether with a call to action yeah, to yeah. come and take the full course. Yeah, whether it's the abbreviated great. version or the or the longer detailed version. So the course is definitely. I mean, since since I started uh, two years ago in 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 the community, I think there's been there was a noticeable absence of of certain people in the community yourself. Not, 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 notwithstanding, you know, the, 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 it, I, it was sort of weird to know where sort of people like Reed, for example, I didn't really know if he was even active on the Discord server, and you know, I think, I think Dali was probably one of the few people I had met that that had been around for for a while and and was sort of representing some kind of sort of voice of experience in the community. Um, not, not that people, other people aren't, you know, having having a huge amount of experience, but it definitely felt like there was an absence of some of the the characters that I thought I would be, you know, interacting with when I joined the server. And I think that's an expectation many people have. And I think as I as I began to understand a little bit more about the SE community and and then getting to know what you guys were working on, and then seeing that this course has been something that's been huge for you guys, like it's been a huge part of I think what you guys have been focusing on and and just pouring the effort into, which is and and any criticisms that I or anybody else might have, you know, about what the output of that might be, it cannot be that you guys haven't thought about it. <laughs> that is, that is definitely not the... <laughs> Maybe. I mean, yeah, because of all the time that we put into it. Yeah, that, right. that could be a little discouraging. Like when you get feedback, like, you know, why did you present it this way? Well, because you we had thought about this. <laughs> because we had like 20 hour discussions on that exact thing. Right. And we decided that this was the best way to go. Maybe right. one day, like, I think it would be cool one day if, if everyone who's, a, who are in those videos is fine with it. 
it would be kind of neat <laughs> to slowly release those videos of what, you know, what, how this course was assembled. I think it could be really interesting or maybe at the very least, like, you know, how we do, we have review shows on, on actual conversations. Yeah. Maybe we can do a review video of the modules as they come out. Yeah. You know, yeah, where the, be really the, the, the team that was on it can, you know, can talk, we could actually read through it maybe even, and we yeah. can talk about some of the, some of the controversies or why we worded it that way. So that's been suggested. And I, I definitely think that would be fantastic. I mean, not least of all that this is a community that's very much been inspired by YouTube videos. And I think it's, it's one of the things that yeah. I've spoken about before, I think is the need to, to sort of mean transparency through YouTube is definitely, I think, a key thing for, for the SE community. The, the one thing we can be fairly sure about is most people at least watch YouTube some of the time, because as I say, almost everybody's come here because they found your videos or occasionally mm -hmm. reads videos. Um, and oftentimes they, they cite both and, and they'll, they'll arrive at, in the SE server. They, they're clearly watching YouTube. And if they want to find out what's going on with um, the community within, within SEI, which, which we definitely need to get to, but, but within SEI, um, I think I think expressing these ideas and, and showcasing the course on on YouTube and and doing more things, you know, interacting with the community through YouTube, I think would be would be really useful. Yeah. Um, uh, regarding the that, community thing, if you don't mind me just adding, mm, like, no. part of me really wants to be involved in the community, and and I, mm. yeah, yes, my time is really limited, but there's times, you know, like there, there's like a German practice session going on right now. I think, um, or there's there's always these these really great sessions, and sometimes I'll yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pop in. And what I hear is someone like yourself or, or Sushi or Matt adequately explaining what SE is far beyond, way better than I could even do it. So it's like, I don't need to be there because you guys have it covered and I could be focusing on more strategic stuff like the course and finding somebody to research what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And and plus also, I think maybe it kind of throws people off a little bit too when we pop in there. I, I don't know. I don't want to like... <laughs> I don't want to upset the flow of what you guys are doing and building because, and I love doing this stuff. This is, this is fine. I think this is cool. What, what I, I, I completely understand. And this is, this is kind of something I wanted to get to because I, I think one thing that seemed to be, to me, I, I really had a lot of questions when I entered the community and I, you know, look, this is a community of skeptics, right? So the first thing I was skeptical about SE was what are the motivates motives of people behind SE? What are the, what is the, what is the secret? When does the veil get dropped and, and all of a sudden right, it's this right. cult like I've thing? I've heard you say like, uh, well, where are the other videos that they upload? They must just be uploading the best examples. Oh, um, that's not me, but yeah, I, I've definitely heard uh, people make other people make that criticism. No, no, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like maybe, maybe there are, uh, you know, all, all these kinds of, well, I, I, I was kind of, I, I think like anybody who's skeptical, like the, the first question is, what is the person's motivation for interact doing this? You know, is their motivation mm -hmm. purely financial and it's just a, it's, it's, it's a scheme and, and like, or, or is the, is the motivation that, you know, quasi religious, you know, is it, is it, is it a cult of personality? Is it all about YouTube, you know, for people? And I, and I think those, those are, those are questions that would happen, I think in, for most people, but also I think, especially this community, because it's a community of skeptical people that really want to question things. And also, and this is this is a this, this is a sort of um, assertion on my part, but I suspect a lot of people in the SE community have either had bad experiences with religion or legitimately had to exit a religion, which is a very difficult thing to do. And I think those, and or maybe have been lifelong atheists, but have still had to resist religious narratives and and have to deal with religion and 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 cult like or organizations that maybe don't have your best intentions at heart. 
And I think there's therefore a very increased likelihood that people within the SE community will be skeptical of any organizational structure, any kind of group together, like that's all the, to try to practice something. I mean, I joke. Or, or but, hypersensitive to it. Or, or maybe, yeah, in, incorrectly tuned to the the relative risk. But I remember one of my first uh, joined the SE community and uh, I was sort of trying to figure out, okay, so now I've joined the Discord server and I've been having lots of really lovely conversations with some lovely people. And I really feel like I found my tribe in some sense, right? These are people that want to talk about stuff and stuff's the best thing to talk about, right? And so we were talking about stuff, but then I was realizing this is the community talking to itself. And I was like, well, where's, what is SE, right? What is this thing? Where do I go from here as somebody who's like trying to figure this out? And um, there are lots of friendly people, for example, in the churches, you can go to the social events and they'll be very friendly and they'll, you'll have great conversations potentially, and you'll be able to do lots of stuff. And it's all a sort of precursor towards sort of getting you through the door, um, or it certainly can be. So just because I was meeting lots of nice people didn't necessarily mean the thing itself, SE itself had good motives or was a, it was a decent thing. And then I noticed as well that there were these practice sessions, which sounded a little ominous um, to somebody who didn't know yet yeah. what they exactly were. Um, and then my favorite thing was that on Sundays, I noticed that there was a special room where like 50 people would be all, all in that room. And I joined the room and there was a guy on camera with a long beard reading from a book, <laughs> Re reading passages from the book. <laughs> What's wrong with that? It was, it was Dali reading uh, uh, an early Those copy. Those objects aren't of, problematic at all. <laughs> of, of, of how to have impossible conversations. I will be honest, alarm bells were ringing. <laughs> and there may have been a rooster or a chicken off to the side, uh, too. There, there was the occasional pentagram. Uh, the triangle yeah. was what I was looking for, especially. But yes, it, this. So, so the optics of this for those people that are going to be sensitive to it, um, I think, are there to be concerned with. Yeah, or could be there. I, I, I get that. And mm. one of the reasons, like, I would love to see some of the videos that we've that we've um, that we've recorded when we put this course together is that um, I would surface, I'll surface an idea, read might surface an idea, Rom, and the most junior person on the team, not that we're really ranked all that much, but somebody maybe with a, just a, maybe not even an expert in SE might say that they disagree with it or like, why do you, there was always like, my ideas got shot down a lot in this course, by the way. Yeah. Like I, I'm probably batting like maybe a third, you know? <laughs> For my ideas, but they were replaced by better ideas. So like there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's very little dictatorial leadership, at least yeah. in the construction of the course or even with SEI. So I think I, I started to, you and I started talking about the SE website early on. Uh, that was when we first started talking. And, um, I realized that after speaking to you and Reed, who I'd never really spoken to prior to this, uh, after chatting to you guys for a little while, my confidence in SE as a, as, a, as a concept, as a movement, frankly, it's a, you know, I see, I see SE as being many things. One of them is, a, is the, the act of respectfully and encouraging, uh, I forgot my definition. That's, that's <laughs> what I put off the screen. Uh, the act of respectfully encouraging others to honestly and critically reflect on the reasons why they believe what they believe, right? That's what we do. That's the thing that, that street epistemologists, I think, do. But there's also street epistemology, the the movement, as in the effort to encourage people to engage with this idea and use these tools and, and, and learn this practice and, and try to work and refine it and feedback on it and try to improve it and take it out into different spaces. And I think that's a movement. And I think like any other movement, that's where people start to get a little bit nervous about, okay, I want to make sure that this is actually a genuinely real and good thing before I start helping promote it. 
Um, and and I think that when I started to speak to you and read, um, the first thing I realized is like I stopped being concerned almost immediately. Like hearing how open you guys were to like every kind of criticism. I was like, and and, and you you know, you you know well now at this point. <laughs> I'm not shy about saying you know if I think something's not right or could be better and. Like hearing you guys respond to that, um, certainly non-authoritatively, but certainly as well, like the openness to having every kind of conversation. I remember once even we had the conversation about what, you know, the problem with street epistemology as a name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and there was a really good, like an hour of us chatting about, like, because I felt like even suggesting that was would was just such a bridge too far, right? And then, and, and I think <laughs> everybody acknowledged that wouldn't be, yeah, exactly, heresy. I think everybody acknowledged it wouldn't be an easy thing to suddenly do, but at the same time, it, even that was just like, huh, like, yeah, like, yeah, we see problems with it. Like, we know it's not ideal in some ways, and there are challenges, and it's like, what it, what, we could call it this. Well, we need that to, gets back to, to the, that gets back to the whole honesty. So, like, if we can't exactly. be honest with ourselves and how we're describing what it is we're doing and how we're teaching it, how can we expect the practitioners to be honest when they do it with other people? So, like, I think, yeah, that that culture is. I hope that always stays. I, I hope it stays. I hope it's also surfaced more. And I don't think it's not, I don't think it's intentional that we're not seeing it. Like I hadn't seen it until I'd had that chance to interact with you and read. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's a byproduct of the fact that you guys have been working on a lot of things sort of behind the scenes, so to speak. As, you know, you, a lot of yeah. this stuff has been, as you say, Zoom calls that have yet to reach YouTube, for example. Yeah. Um. And And I think for me personally, the moment I got to know you guys a little bit better, started to see how genuinely open you were to having these conversations and the way in which you were like able to bat about them. Nothing, there were no sacred cows. There was no dogma. Um, everything was open for discussion. That made me feel so much more comfortable with the idea that I can, I, I firstly understand what this thing is. And secondly, it's not dictatorial. It's there's, there's no top down narrative that needs to be maintained. There's no, there is no dogma, frankly. Mm. Um, there it, it's, it's all available. And I think that that's, just a terrific thing to to get more people to understand. And and I think if anybody takes anything away from this video, I think that's one thing I really hope they begin to understand better is that there, I think SEI, which uh Street Epistemology International, the the organization behind um promoting street epistemology. Mm. Um has, formally has these say it, sorry. Formally promoting it, formally because you can other, other people can promote it too. I don't want to. You said formally, as in past tense, as in it stopped. No, no, no. <laughs> formally, like uh, officially, official. There's an official sort of promotion of it. And then there's just yes, uh, all the other antics that people in the community are up to, which is great. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. So but but knowing 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 the 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 um the people that are, are, made, are putting the most into trying to promote it and push it are that open. I think is is brilliant, and and I yeah I really hope people realize that. So so SEI is is a huge thing that um I didn't understand what it was. I mean that was a big thing as well. Like I didn't what is what is street epistemology international versus what is street epistemology? Oh really? Yeah. So hmm, that's a great that's a really good question because well SE is a group of people who have adopted a technique for engaging with other people about difficult topics in a specific way. That's like what SE is, mm-hmm. and then SEI I think is. Um, a group of people who see the potential of the approach that want to get this tool into as many hands as possible yeah. in the quickest amount of way and, and as simple, you know, and encouraging as possible so that people use it. 
Right. That that's essentially what our our mission is. We want to develop uh, training materials to teach people how to do it. We want to find people to research what we're doing. Like, how do you find somebody to research SE if you don't really have a concise definition of what it is? Yeah. You know, and who? So it's it's kind of it's kind of a massive. It's I've never been involved in anything quite like this before. It's the most interesting thing I've ever worked on in my entire life. But, you know, we're, we're bringing in people who have shown that they care about SE and they want to see it move in a positive direction. Um, they put in the time, they've, they've demonstrated like those things and they're willing to commit some time to helping other people get into it. And so it's all volunteer based. Nobody's getting paid, uh, but we're finding people from around the world who see the value in it that want to, that want to push street epistemology as a, as a really great way of talking to people about their deeply held beliefs you know, to encourage reflection and it's, it's picking up. Um, but I think we were just talking about this cause we're, we're in the process of interviewing people for our board. We just had two meetings this morning. Um, we we're, there's a fine line. Like I, I don't ever want SEI to be like this dictatorial thing. I think it should always be sort of on the fringe observing what's happening in, in the community, watching shows like yours, you know, where you interview people from the community. That's so valuable for SEI to see like, well, what direct, where's this going? Is this going in a really healthy direction? Can we help? Do they need resources? And I think that's probably the role that it, that SEI sort of plays, at least at this point. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. Um, well, one thing to mention is that it, SEI is a non, non-profit organization, right? It, it, yeah. um, where does it receive most of its funding? At the moment, we've had a couple of generous donors make a couple of donations. Uh, we right. have Patreon you know, uh, Amazon smile. So you can, you can sign up there and we get, you get a check every three months from Amazon, which is kind of nice. Um, I've monetized my YouTube channel after I started, after we started the nonprofit, me and a few other people, Hmm. um, I monetized my channel and then all the, it's not that much money, but some money from the the money from that goes right to, right to the nonprofit. Right. So yeah, PayPal, you know, people, people make donations. Um, but what, what's really going to happen, I think is the, the funding will come once we've, once we've really defined what SE is and we release this course, once we find somebody to research what we're doing and publish a paper and that's, that's in the works. Hmm. And then, um, once we get those things done and, and polish the website, we're going to start the grant proposal process right, right, and really get some money behind what we're doing. So it's, it's, it's not moving as fast as I'd like it to, but there's so much infrastructure that needs to be laid before we get to that point, but it's good. It's going to come. There's clearly something to SE and it's, it's just a matter of time. So we're getting our ducks lined up in a row. We'll do a grant proposal. We've got, we've got books coming out soon that will be mentioning SE specifically. And I think it's going to draw a lot of attention to what we're doing. Awesome. Where does, where does the money go currently? What, like from, from SE, where do you find most of the, the, the funds are being allocated at the moment? Most of it's going to software. So like, <laughs> it's crazy. You know, welcome to my world. That's you need, exactly you, need, right. you, need, you need a nice accounting system. You need to pay for website hosting. You have to, um, a learning management system comes to mind, right? You know, paying somebody to update the website because, you know, yeah. uh, volunteers only stick around some, sometimes for so long. So you, yeah. it's more, it's more for, for software and services, insurance, mm. you know, insurance comes to mind. You know, if, if you're going to have people representing your organization and going to conventions, you have to have them insured. So this is all kind of kind of uh, interesting. But this, 
uh, let me just there's also it also goes to practitioners too i, I need to hit this point that um mm. pe- people can submit a funding request on the sei website um which is going to be integrated to the se website pretty soon we're going to have a right. page. we'll just have one website but so if, if somebody's out there that wants funding you can submit a funding request and we'll have somebody evaluate your request and send you money so that you can get a new laptop if you have trouble editing videos or whatever or awesome. maybe you need a microphone or maybe you know, maybe you want to start going around to different cities and giving presentations on SE. We can help yeah. you with that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's great. And uh, yeah, I definitely heard some people that have already benefited from that. And, uh, you know, as a result, been able to to do more more video creation and more, more you know, able to be more active. And, and yeah. I think that stuff's great. Like the more people doing SE, the better for sure. Um, it, it, this this brings me brilliantly to the question that I totally screwed up at the beginning of the last time we spoke about this, which was this idea. The Peter Principle was the the, the road I <laughs> took it, and I actually hadn't heard of it in that term. But just the yeah. idea that you know, I think you know, your motivations for starting this definitely were clearly about having conversations with with theists initially and wanting to to be more effective in that space. You've now created a YouTube channel demonstrating this, for, and you, which you've been doing for eight years now. I guess, gosh, that's, that's crazy how this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, that's, that's a very specific sets of enthusiasms that will carry you through doing that. Right. And, and now you find yourself essentially the, the, the figurehead, if, if not actually you're, you're, I believe you're an executive on the board of SEI, right? Um, yeah. this is a very different set of requirements that it, it demands that it will have on you. Um, how, how does that feel like that transition from going from somebody who's just wanting to have conversations, building a YouTube channel to now being in charge of, or certainly a big component of a huge international organization of people trying to, to push forward this huge conceptual thing that is SE. Yeah. It's been humbling. Every stage of it has been humbling. <laughs> so like going out and doing the conversations was humbling because I failed at it so much. And then to this, you know, the course, even, you know, it's like, Oh, it could, it could be better. Uh, and even running the organization has been tough. I've been doing it for three years now. And so the terms, I think, for the executive director is, is annually. So every year I come up for a vote. Uh, fortunately, the board has been gracious enough to keep it voting me in. But um, like I'm there's only yeah, like I, I didn't go to school to run to run nonprofits. Now, I do have an MBA in business and I, I have a degree in logistics and information systems. And I've got loads of work experience in various different industries. So I feel like. I feel like I'm pretty well qualified, at least for this stage, but to make it an international organization that has chapters and a certification program and instructor led materials and consulting services. (laughs) I, I'm, I feel like, yeah, I'm definitely bumping my head up against that ceiling, but I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm mature enough to recognize it. And find people who who see the value in SE who have those skills, and we're in the, we're literally in that process right now of bringing yeah. those people in, so that they can really help us get on track, and maybe at some point actually take over, so that I can move. You know, yeah, I think I would be better suited in a different role rather than mm-hmm. maybe even executive director. But I think for the most part, like it, it's been a good fit, and at some point there will be a handoff. I'm laughing because I remember the last time I asked you this question, I massively implied that you had no idea what you were doing and were completely underqualified for this position you found yourself in. So which that's is why the absolutely audio not. <laughs> no, yeah. sincerely not. The, the audio yeah, yeah. was a problem anyway. I'm almost luckily because that it was it was the very the first thing we spoke about, and and it was a completely unintentional. Really, just it's it's a great example of how intentions um, 
and just a mistaken phrasing suddenly ends means your conversation ends up somewhere you don't intend it to. So and it, and yeah, so yeah, just for listeners who are wondering mm. what we're talking about, like I, yeah, you said something like to imply that maybe I wasn't qualified to run the organization. Totally sounded but like that. It sounded like that, <laughs> and I I thought it sounded like that, but I didn't think you were saying that. It was absolutely no. And again, this is why the principle of charity is so important in conversation, it, because it's so it can be so easy sometimes with with the best intentions to suddenly just get. I got the I got the uh, I got the question wrapped right around my axle and just sort of <laughs> phrased it in a way. Even when I said it after I had said it, I thought, "Oh shit, that sounds that's not what I meant to say at all." Um, and I think the principle of charity, I think that just really demonstrates why it's so important to try to say, "Don't assume that that person meant to be offensive." And and, and brilliantly, yeah. you didn't. Luckily, you didn't. But it just it just still. There. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it it was horrible. But I think that's that's a yeah. great example of that. But I'm really glad you got a chance to explain that better. This <laughs> Me too. Episode. Yeah, because afterwards I was like, uh, I'd really like to revisit that Peter Principle question <laughs> yeah. that you had. <laughs> and you're like, what's the Peter I'm Principle? So <laughs> yeah. Terrible interview on my part. Yeah. No, that, no, that. no, 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 no. It's all good. <laughs> no, I, I like you. You really keep me on my toes as far as like how we're carrying ourselves and how we're presenting SE and you know, you, you, you have these really unique, I mean, you have these unique perspectives that are really valuable. And I think it's important that, that we listen uh, to them. Well, I, I think it's important that you're the sort of group that is able to listen to unique perspectives coming from pretty much anybody in the community. I think that's what's genuinely brilliant. And I think that's what I really want people to take away from this is that, you know, SEI is not this sort of authoritarian organization that sort of sits behind things, pulling the strings. And and that you you and uh, the other members of the board, for example, are not being necessarily aloof within the community because you you're not interested in the community, you're not passionate about it, but because you're really genuinely trying to focus on other yeah. things. And and um, I think that's a really important takeaway. And I think partly putting content like this out occasionally, where just just chatting about stuff and and telling saying what's going on, I think is really valuable. Um, and so that's why I was really excited to do this interview. And uh, and I think continuing to do so is 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 great. Um, one thing I just, I did want to tell also, by the way, how are you doing for time, by the way? Cause we are well, I'm good. Really over there I'm good. You, okay, you cool. might hear my stomach rumble here and there, but <laughs> we good. will wrap up in a bit, I think. Cause mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's no good. No, no longer. I, I love this stuff. Cool, man. I appreciate that. Um, so, so one thing about SEI is like, uh, and I think you touched on it a moment ago is we touched on this idea of like SEI not wanting to be authoritarian. And I think in some ways like that feels like it might have been a problem in some areas, right? Because you and I spoke about this, I think, in, in one of our early conversations, which which shows you how contentious I like to be. Um, but we talked about this idea that SEI is in the business of promoting street epistemology, and yet it didn't want to be very defining of what street epistemology actually is. And that's a challenging it, idea. It is a challenge, because when you promote certain videos, you're basically, in a way, saying like, well, it's, t- it's tough. Like, Yeah. Well, I got lots of thoughts on this. So we have a lot of tools at our disposal. We have the SE website and Twitter account. And um, what else do we have? That's pretty much it. So uh, Facebook groups. (laughs) So we do have, we have a megaphone. We have the ability to promote specific, specific videos at the moment the 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 reasoning is if if there's a discussion about SE whether it's a criticism or if it's a, it's the best example of SE 
we try to put it in our playlist and that gets propagated out to the different things. But like the podcast is a little bit of a different story now that I think about it. You know, we're a little bit more selective on what we put on the podcast. We don't usually put criticisms on there. We don't usually put bad examples of SE. Right. You know, so we're a little bit more selective. So there is, to a degree, a certain um, positioning of SE from SEI. There's, yeah. There definitely is. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Like, I mean, I think about my own video examples. There are video examples that I don't even think should be on YouTube because they, they run the risk of tainting what se is today yeah yeah we and, talked about this i remember the the, 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 the yeah. mormon video for example i'm, I'm also in that same boat you know like yeah. even my own content i'm i'm concerned about how how it could be perceived so um yeah i, I don't know what the solution to that is other than just to try to try to have different ways of showing here's everything that's coming up from the community and mm-hmm. here are the things that we really think are valuable and useful yeah but not to the point where it's like, you have to do it this way. Otherwise, you're not going to get exposure. I think that that's crappy. We shouldn't be doing anything like that. I don't know. Because I, I, I think my, my take on this would be be, be more prescriptive. I think I don't know. Because- see, I, I think the community should sort of wait. And I see that on the videos. Like, I see a poor example of SE by some definition. Yeah. And I see people in the comments saying, you know, why didn't you do this? Like, people will step right. up and give that person feedback. Now, whether or not yeah. they take it or not is up to them. So... I'm a little bit more hands off, I think, in terms of mm-hmm. like, I'm conscious of the perception of these things, but I'm also like leaning more toward just let it happen. It, it'll shake out in the end is sort of my, my philosophy. I think there's a difference between being authoritarian about what the community does, right? So anybody can produce a video and claim it to be an SE video. And the, 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 that, that I think the idea that you would, for example, you know, try to, I don't know what you'd do, copyright strike that video is, is not as not being properly representative of SE, if, if you were to be the sort of extreme case of this, you know, you'd be you'd be authoritarian about what is allowed to be said to be SE or not. Like I don't think that's a move that would be beneficial to anybody really. Um but I do think like the idea that SEI as as the representatives of SE, as as the as the as the, as the, the um official, if you like, uh face of SE. Um, I think it, I think it might be beneficial for it to be more um, direct in some ways about its views on certain things because with directness comes clarity, um, and I think it's the clarity that I think would be really useful. That doesn't mean that it couldn't change its mind or review and revise and, and evolve, but I think that that I really empathise, and I think this is another thing I really wanted to because it is something that came across very early on in our conversations about this. Because uh, I think I spoke about the website's content being trying to address so many different types of audiences at once that as a result, it wasn't really being clear for anybody. Mm. And I think in some ways, I think SEI is suffering from that same challenge. It's, it's be trying to essentially not, not upset anybody within the community because it genuinely is interested in what they have to say. It's genuinely wanting to encourage rather than dissuade. But at the same time, I think that comes with a loss of coherence in some way about what SE really is. Um, and I think the course certainly is some, step towards addressing that. But I think of course helps a little bit. That podcast yeah. I think also helps. And also we have, I don't know if you see it, but at the very bottom of the SE website is the video of the month. So we try to look and see what what we feel is like a really good representation of SE. But again, it's at the bottom of the page. It's not very prominent. Right. There's always a sort of like and I don't know if this will always be the case with SEI. Like you know, 
maybe maybe somebody who has a better vision of what this should be might be a little bit more definitional as far as what se is and here are the best examples and maybe that will happen over time yeah i i I think it's one of the great things about the community actually is it does to it tends to as you know the practice sessions tend to be critical but constructive and i think you know the se review show that we were doing on the the uh, i think it's one of my favorite things and i'm really glad to see that it's coming back i think we've got a yeah, I think ne- next Tuesday we're going to be doing a a, a review of Peter Bogosian. Ironic, the 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 father or grandfather of, of SE um, is is, and we're reviewing uh, a video that he's been putting out recently, which I don't think is SE uh, hot take in any case. But according to your definitions, let's see: rapport, trust, honesty, reflection. Yeah, but here's the the the, the thing that I love is that I suspect. Like uh, those people who review those videos are not going to hold back. No, nope. they're going to share what they think and whether they think it met SE or not. And SEI doesn't have to get involved in that at all. You guys do your no. thing. You might yep. do that on an SEI managed channel, like the SE mm. uh, YouTube channel is owned is owned by SEI managed by SEI. So um, yeah, like nobody nobody should be ab- above criticism in this movement yeah. is particularly the person that started it all. And he would be better served for that to be the case. I think he would acknowledge that like the harsher and more like, it doesn't have to be mean, but if it's constructive, he will likely get better at SE as a result of it. And other people can see, Oh, wow. This guy that's only been doing SE for one year, just completely corrected the guy that started SE. And that's, 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 I think that's cool. I think wonderful. one of the interesting questions though is I, I, I don't know, but I would suspect that Peter Bogosian, and this is slightly preempting a video we haven't yet reviewed yet, so this is kind of a prelude to, to, to Tuesday's review, but I think it's pertinent because I think in some sense, I don't know that Peter Bogosian in those videos that we're going to review, where he's going to college campuses and sort of challenging, he's doing, I think he's describing as a reverse Q&A with, 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 um, with students asking them questions about their experiences um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with certain topics. I don't know that he would necessarily claim that what he was doing was SE. I would be interested to see if he did. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that, that whole, that whole project that they were doing is really fascinating because I'm getting a little snippets here and there and it sounds like it started off as one thing and it's ending up to be this completely different thing where he's now using a lot more of the tools of SE. Yeah. So that, that would be a good question. Like, do you think what you were doing here would you characterize that as SE? Now, it would be really interesting if the guy that started SE disagreed with the course or the definition of SE. Gratefully, um, we sent him a, a sneak peek of Module 1, just as we did with you and a few other oh, people. Cool. And he he loved it. I, I you know, I, I won't quote him exactly, but he was really awesome. excited about how far it's come over the years. Yeah. I, I think, interestingly, I think that he might claim that what he was doing was what he sees SE to be doing. And I think it's more analogous to his original definition, I think, personally. But I think if we... What was his definition of SE originally? So his original definition was the... I don't know if he explicitly defined it, um, but in in the the Manual for Creating Atheists, the very first chapter is called Street Epistemology. And it's the first paragraph of that chapter that intervention in people's reasoning process, maybe something like that. Helping, helping the faithful value reason. Um, yeah, going out into the spaces and churches and the the, the prisons and the schools and and to 
Um, he talks about talking people out of their faith, essentially. There's a lot of language that I think nowadays in modern SE we would really wince at. Um, and I think that, in, interestingly, I think that what he's doing, although it's not focusing on religion, I think carries that same mindset from a manual creating, from, for creating atheists. It's about sort of trying to get people to a specific endpoint um, in his conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the targets changed. Like in the past, it was religion. And today, yeah. I guess he would argue it's still religion, but a different type of religion. A different, definitely a social <laughs> right. religion. Yeah. So, yeah. Social religion. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That would be, you should get him on your show. Maybe you can do an interview. Yeah. I'd love to I bet he'd to love it. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think I definitely feel like the way the, the, the SE has moved and what we are describing now by talking about rapport, epistemology, honesty, and reflection, reflection especially, because I don't think he really talked about reflection particularly in, in a manual for creating atheists. And yet it's become, I think, within the community, the most important, almost part of the conversation. Or oh, mind you, we, we, I find myself doing this often is, is referring to each one of those four things as the most important part, because I think they sort of are. But reflection is so critical and we talk about it so often and it's not the same as convincing somebody of something it's not the same as as changing their view about a particular position or recognizing why they might be wrong um we talk about just that moment where they just think about it and then we walk away and let that do its work i think yep. and i think that by what we might describe as modern essays um definition um, I don't know that we would con- consider what he was doing a good example of SE. Yeah. Uh, and I, I have to wonder if SE would be further along if it was originally positioned in that way. Uh, yeah. I think it's certainly, like, it's a, we have all this criticism. baggage, right? And it's like, <laughs> at what point do you, you, do you acknowledge that SE really has changed and you can just, like to- you can acknowledge the past, but you can realize that it's in the past. I like to refer to it as modern SE, and I think that's a term I use when when I was looking at the module one. It's like I started to use the term modern SE as opposed to traditional SE, um, and I think that that's perhaps a useful tool. Um, but but I, I remember it, like again, this is one of the things that I think is really important. I, we get a lot of criticism. The SE community gets a huge amount of criticism from the the religious groups and, and critics that would say SE is just evangelizing for atheism it's proselytizing for atheism we can prove this its roots come from a book called a manual for creating atheists that's what it's all about and excuse me any attempt to hide this is just dishonesty it's just it's just it's just hand waving it away but actually this is where you we've identified its dark secret and the when i spoke to you guys i remember very clearly talking about this idea of like renaming se um one of the thoughts was actually it, that might be helpful because in some ways it might mean that we don't have to carry the baggage of what was <laughs> the, you know, originally the street epistemology. And, and therefore we could maybe say that this is actually a new thing. And, but then there was a genuine, and I, this, I very clearly remember this coming from you, a genuine clear moment where you said, but I think that that feels dishonest. Like we, we, sh- we should probably own our history in some sense. Like we, we, it feels like we're trying to hide from something and make it more, um, it feels almost more dishonest in, in doing that. And I think that that, I, I, I don't know what the right answer is here as to whether or not this really is sufficiently is new to get a new name and be, be adopted as a new concept. But, but, but I do think that that, that impulse, that inclination that you had was very telling that, that you, mm. you felt like we, the one thing we cannot be is dishonest. Because like it, it's just it's just ground into the narrative of street epistemology that that's just not a move we want to make, and I I just think that's whether it's the right uh, answer or not I I couldn't say, but I for sure 
upload the uh, the response. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I don't remember even saying that, but yeah, that's my sentiment. Like, I, I I don't I don't think it would be helpful to cover it up. And back going back to the course again, that is a topic that we cover. Yeah. Does does everyone new to SE need to know it? No, but. The critics will be watching, reading that course and watching yeah. our videos about the course. And if we didn't mention it, I think there was more of a liability to not mention it. So I, I there, there was more of a li- liability to not mention it than to mention it and just own it Yeah, and show, yeah, like this is how it started. I literally have videos that show that that's what it was back then. Yeah. But I also have videos that show that it's not today and there's other videos uh, still around. Yeah. There, I think there will always be resistance to SE for certain groups of people because I think personally that um, there's a recognition that their beliefs are in jeopardy because of SE. I think that that's, I think that's driving a lot of it. I I think a lot of it is like, listen, if if you weren't really in love with your beliefs, you'd probably see the value of it and adopt this approach, but because it's potentially detrimental, whether you think it's sneaky or not, because there's a, there's a detrimental aspect to certain views. I think that that is the largest driver of the resistance to it personally. I think, yeah, I, I, I suspect I have a slightly different view, but I know what you mean, but I, I, I wonder if one of the critical components, ironically, that, that, that wasn't intentional, but one of the critical th- components of, of SE is, Criticism, critical thinking. Critical thinking um, is a very specific type of thinking, but in, in its first order, it's challenging. It's challenging assumptions, right? So, so to, 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 to encourage somebody to critically reflect and critically think means to slightly challenge something that they believe. So one thing that's always interesting about SE is if whatever the position is, the street epistemologist, by merely challenging some of the or questioning, not even directly challenging, but just merely asking questions about why a person might think this will seem like they are in opposition to whatever the view is that's being explored. That there is right. just there is just no way. And so one of the things we like as street epistemologists is to to maybe talk to somebody who we agree with, but try to maintain neutrality sufficiently that you can still encourage them to reflect and think because that's meaningful. And if you can come away with that person not being sure what you think as a street epistemologist, that's, I think, a useful indicator that you've, you've made, managed to remove your bias from that conversation, which is something we try and aspire to do. But I think people today in society for a long time have felt that question is objection. Um, questioning is almost violence in some extreme cases. People will yeah. see just this is the kind of rhetoric we see today it's not getting better it's it seems to be getting worse um, right just the fact that you're questioning me indicates to me that you're a bad person yeah yeah you're immoral and, and you, for even questioning it and it, yeah if you're starting with that mindset then then you have other you have larger discussions to have besides why you think something is true you have to really address that first i think the, the moment the moment somebody will say to you that, you know, upon our death, our souls will rise into heaven and, and they will say it in such a, a way as to just be it's a self-evident truth and, and expect mm-hmm. you to, to, to accept it. If you were to ask a question about that and say, why, why do you think that? Um, then that's going to be seen as an aggressive act. But if I was to say to you, I don't believe that there's a God and somebody says to you, oh, why do you think that? It's going to, again, it's going to seem like just because you're asking me that question means that you disagree with me. And now we feel like we're almost just asking a question, but now it feels like yeah. we're in conflict. 
I think there's ways around that though. Like the, 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 the experimentation with claimless street epistemology is interesting. The, <laughs> the essay survey where there's what 24 statements and then you get a sense of whether you strongly agree or disagree. You're mm-hmm. not even talking about a claim. You're just having broader discussions about how we reason about things and what we consider evidence and is it important to change your mind. And are we sharing the same reality? Right. Maybe that's the solution. You know, we're maybe. You know, maybe SE can be too focused on, maybe we're too targeted with the, the, the conversations we have, and maybe there's more value in a broader discussion about how we reason about things. Maybe that's what we'll st- start seeing as a shift. Like, it, it's tough when we're writing this course. We wrote this course to teach people how to have good one-on-one conversations. So we've already kind of boxed ourselves in into one delivery mechanism of this approach. Right. And I think we have to, we have to resist that, that, that trap. I think there's a, there's better ways of opening this up to people who might be more resistant to it. So this echoes something I said earlier, and, and I think is still relevant too. I, again, I, I suspect it might not be a problem with SE, but a problem with society in some way. And whilst SE, SE definitely needs to operate in the society that we have, um, I think, I think it might be a, pr- a difficult problem to solve to make people hear questions and feel respected at the same time because yeah. nowadays we equate questions with a lack of respect or any as yeah. i say in extreme well, cases with violence there, there, there's also a lot of dishonest examples of people going to protests with their camera oh, and, yeah. and interviewing the the right the the typical yeah. person that shows up at a rally and showing how stupid they are yeah and that is yeah. not helpful either so th- yeah we've really there's there's just because it's a question doesn't mean it's not a uh, deliberate attempt to exactly. be aggressive and, and uh, yeah, that is yeah. totally true. And uh, yeah, and it, it makes it even more difficult. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, in some ways this touches on the, the, the one of the questions about the definition and, and we, we talked about the difference. I, I've, I know we've talked about the differences between the tools and the method. And I know we've gone through this little thought experiment, but that was on a video we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't put out. So I'd like to just recover it a little bit because I think it's really uh, useful to emancipate the tools from the, aim, the goal of SE, which is to have this honest and critical reflection in, in the person you're speaking and to. the tools from the goal. As in, as in a lot of people within the SE community are encountering philosophy, active listening, the Socratic method, all these kinds of different tools um, in, for the first time in the form of street epistemology. And therefore, oh. I think a lot of people within the community conflate street epistemology with these things, that critical thinking is street mm-hmm. epistemology. The, the Socratic method is street epistemology. Mm. Active listening and repeating back is street epistemology. No, I, yeah, we even define that, we describe this. SE is a collection of various tools from philosophy and psychology that we sort of beta tested time, you know, time and time again to see what works and what doesn't. But those, those can be used independently of SE. Yeah. You don't have to have an SE conversation where you're getting to a specific goal of reflection. You can just use, oh, what do you mean by that word? Just use that. <laughs> what was your biggest reason for thinking that? That's all you need to do. They don't have to yeah. be these big elaborate exactly. interactions. Yeah. I think I think but as you just said it there, I think that this is the trap you you said and not not to <laughs> to, to to call you out but the way you framed it that then completely honestly was just like SE is a collection of tools. And I think that that is actually the problem. I don't think SE is the collection of tools. Well, it, it's, the, it's, it's, the, the it's the specific application of a collection of tools. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
And I use the example of a hammer, of course, you, you could use a hammer to, to knock somebody's head in, or you could use it to build a school with, right? And it very much matters what you're choosing to use the hammer. It's not in the hammer to, to determine what you're, you're going to do with it. And so you could use, for example, rapport building as a way of persuading somebody into buying a used car that you know is no good, right? Yeah. Rapport building is the first step along many different paths. It's not sufficient that you're just building rapport in order for you to be doing SE. It's sufficient that you're building rapport with the intent, the specific goal in mind of having an honest conversation with somebody that encourages them to critically reflect. And I think if you're not doing that, Sure, you're, you may be having a really useful and valid conversation, but it's only if you're doing it for this particular reason, using it in this particular goal, with this goal in mind, that you could be said to be doing SE. And the thought experiment that I, I proposed some many months ago now, but in, in the Discord server, which resulted in some contentious debate, was this thought experiment that if I was to discover that a certain type of meditative practice or maybe even even a drug, for example, you could say, but I like the idea of it being a slightly new age concept. A certain type of meditative practice, were you to listen to some music and meditate in a certain way, we could demonstrate that it was more effective at encouraging people to honestly and critically reflect on the reasons why they believe what they believe than any of the other tools in the SE toolkit. Mm. If we were to discover that this form of meditation was more effective at achieving that goal, would street epistemology be about promoting that type of meditation over the other tools? Wow. Well, my hope is that, you know, people in the community and the people who are the practitioners and anyone at SEI or whatever would, would be open to considering that there's probably a, a, a better way of achieving the results. Yeah. Right. I, I don't think we would. There probably are better ways of achieving these results than what we're currently doing. Like, like I talked about, like we we wrote the course for one on one interactions. Well, maybe right. that's not the best way to do it. Like, maybe there's a TV show or a, a movie that can be released that you just reached, you know, half the population of the world in a far more effective way than these one on one conversations. Like, yeah, I talked know, about the flyer handing out. At the flyer. point, this is this is all we know. Yeah, and exactly. Right, so let's promote this. Let's, let's encourage people to develop and experiment. And then maybe we can get to those better things. This is, this is a great, this is, so I, I know you and I have spoken about this a little bit before and uh, you, whether you recall, um, but, but we, you know, this is exactly what you said last two times. I think we've had similar conversations about this. And so like, I, I'm only calling that I'm out. being consistent. Okay. You are good. being consistent. That's <laughs> great. But also because I think I, I really, I really, that again, that made me feel that I now understand what's important to you and to, to a certain extent as a representative of SEI, what it is that is actually being done here is not about using these tools. It's about actually getting to this effect. You want to see this particular change in the world. Yes. And that, that I think one of the things that's quite interesting is within the discord community, especially when I've raised this thought experiment, there are some people, not everybody, but there are certainly some people that were very, very vocal in their opposition to that idea. Because for them, mm. it's applying these tools means street epistemology. And that if you weren't applying these tools, you this, that's just not SE. That isn't oh gosh, SE. That's so limiting. Yeah. I, the, the, the SE survey comes to mind again. Like I, that, is, yeah, that is a absolutely. brilliant way of inspiring reflection in dozens and dozens of people simultaneously. And you're not even talking about a specific claim. And you're helping them think about how they reason about things, which is all we're really trying to do with SE. 
I, I talked about uh, somebody handing out a flyer, for example, in the street, and maybe like 50 people took a flyer, they go home, and maybe half of them looked at that flyer and read what it said, and maybe half of them, like as a result, without it being particularly agendered, so it wasn't talking about a particular set of beliefs, it wasn't uh, anti-anything or pro-something, it was just a series of questions that encouraged them honestly and, and critically to reflect on the reasons why they believe something about their, their worldview. I think that flyer was doing street epistemology or doing the work of street epistemology. It was reaching the goal of SE. And I, I don't know if such a flyer could be constructed, but if it could, I think it would be an interesting thing to explore. Um, and I and think it would that, be interesting to see who, who would say, I don't like that flyer. You shouldn't be sending these things around. Right, yeah. <laughs> why, why would you be? Yeah, that's, yeah. That, they, that, that some people might feel that that would not be valid SE because for them, the, the particular way we're currently finding is most effective has to be the only way it's done. And I think uh-huh. that that is very problematic because yeah 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 because we we could be effective despite the missteps that we're making <laughs> right yeah, yeah yeah i i think there's way more efficiencies to be discovered than we're currently achieving at this point so i talked about the idea of like the hammer and and like this analogy works quite nicely is like the moment you've been if if, if you're if you're using a hammer to put up build a school and then somebody hands you a, a pneumatic hammer one of those like powder action like fire those nails in at 100 rounds a second that's a bit excessive, but some some rapid pace. Um, you you would be foolish to continue to use the hand used uh, hammer when presented with a better tool that is more effective at delivering the job you're trying to do. Right? It would be it would be a very silly person that said no. The I'm, this is a traditionalist way of doing it, so I'm going to do it the yeah. other way. There is a caveat here, though. Mm-hmm. Right, like the the individual hammer, the hammer is almost like violent. It's not the best metaphor, <laughs> <laughs> but let's say planting a seed. I don't know. Maybe that's even it. Like you can use a comp, whatever. Sure. There's there's something about the personal touch where you could be, you know, really intently listening to how they're responding to your questions to see if you should be backing off. Yeah. Right. Like there's almost like um. There's a control in place if there's a responsible SE practitioner, as opposed to just blasting everything out. And then who knows what kind of person's receiving that message and then what kind of reaction they're going to get. Right. So we probably shouldn't lose sight of that. No, I completely agree. And I think that with with regards to the ethics of SE, I think that that's, again, another thing that probably would needs to evolve alongside the yeah. community. How do you right? build informed consent into that model, into a broader model? Or, or at all, one might argue, but yes, it's difficult um, for sure. And I think mm. that there's the, the the in the concept of the 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 hammer. I, th- I think it's just it's just this idea that if if we could demonstrate that something else was was more effective at achieving this goal, I think we genuinely would be uh, silly not to adopt it. But again, people are stuck to this particular way of achieving the goal as being the necessary and only way we could achieve the goal for it to be valid. Mm. And and that worries me a little bit. And I again, when I've spoken to you guys about it and, and heard that you would be very like you, you would definitely seem like you would want to know more about what this meditation is and how did we test it? And if it could really be that effective, let's give it a go and let's see like, and then like maybe that ends up becoming the main form of SE because yeah. it's more effective. Right. And think, think of all the people that just don't like talking to other people because they're uncomfortable doing it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine another alternative for them to, you know, introduce somebody to the idea of reflectful thinking like that, which would, is, be, that would be fantastic. Which is, 
which is critical because if we open to the idea that there are many different ways of potentially achieving this goal and like so so for example actually this is this is weird because i did a dna test uh, some time ago i had my gene sequenced mm. and as part of this service they update it every time they they've learned more about certain genetic markers they they update the report that they i did like years ago because they they keep your record on file and they learn more about your particular sequences and oh, really they get they more granular update. with the detail they get more information starts to surface through as the years go by and it, it's it's great and so i checked in with it I hadn't checked in for ages and my wife was asking and i showed her this thing and um one of the things that i um discovered was that apparently i have dna markers that make it less likely that i would be uncomfortable with public speaking <laughs> which if really? which is a get which, to that which, level which is fascinating. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. They, they, they definitely mark out a whole series of traits. There's, there's like an 80% chance I would be uncomfortable. I would not be uh, uncomfortable with public speaking. Now that seems very obvious. Anybody that knew me said I didn't need my DNA sequence to, to say that. Right. But one thing that definitely does suggest is that there are biological predispositions towards being able to, to do the kinds of things that we might want to do in the space of SE. Some people legitimately may not feel that they are equipped with the tools necessary to do SE in the way that, that is most common, the, be- the common practice of SE. And so having other tools available that other people might be able to use actually broadens not just the, um, n- the appeal of the number of people that might be able to, to then start doing SE or, for- or different forms of SE, but actually therefore the impact it can have on the world because there are more people in the world going out there and doing it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's great. I think so too. And, you know, we, some, we often scratch our heads wondering why more people aren't using what we're doing. You know, why aren't people yeah. using SE? Like there's clearly something really valuable to this. And what's holding them yeah. back? Yeah. If we can find other ways around the more traditional ways of distributing or delivering an SE dialogue. Yeah. Or, you know, or, or reflection. Yeah. I, I'm totally open for it. So I, I'm trying to I'm trying to instigate a, a, a cessation of of using the expression SE as a set of tools or or a tool or a way of doing something because I I think mm. we, I've I've heard I've, I've definitely because when I was exploring this idea of the definitional idea I I did look at a lot of your earlier videos and, and your talks that you've given and how you've described SE in the past and I definitely have seen you use various different expressions and ways of phrasing it. Which again, this isn't a criticism. I totally understand that in real time you were trying to articulate something you were discovering and building as you were going for, for to a large extent. Um, yeah. But definitely within the community, there were wide varieties of people that will again interchangeably talk about it in those ways. And I think to me, it feels really. I'm really passionate about this idea that SE is defined by its objective, by the change that it wants to see happen in the world. Because then we can have a meaningful conversation about how do we get there in the most effective way and how do different types of people get there in the most effective type of way. Can you imagine? I mean, I think think it's it's just super important. Yeah. So like you mentioned four pillars, I think we might even be kind of on the, on the verge of another one here. Like maybe that the, 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 the delivery method really can vary quite a bit that it doesn't have to be, um, well, I think a dialogue. Yeah. So I, I think in reference to the four pillars, so that's rapport, epistemology, honesty, and reflection. I think, mm-hmm. I think to me, those pillars stand in the sense that none of it says you have to have a conversation. None mm-hmm. of it says it doesn't have to be, it has to be in real time. None of it says it doesn't describe how you achieve those things. It just says that if you've broken, if you've not achieved one of those things, yeah, then 
you've not done SE or you've done SE poorly, you could be criticized for not having done it well. So if you write mm. your poster and it's offensive, then you may still have uh, talked about why they believe you could be honest and you could have induced reflection. But to a really major extent, you've not maintained rapport, even in the context of a poster, because you, mm. you, you've, you've been offensive. Maybe you felt like being offensive was a great way to get attention. But then I would argue that you'll have done more harm to the concept of SE by by losing rapport in that way, by being offensive in that way, and therefore make SE less effective in aggregate moving forward. And in that sense, I see it very much as analogous to medicine. If, if you're a bad doctor, you're going to make it less likely that people are going to come to other doctors in the future. If, if doctors were in the business of harming people or were allowing people to be harmed in a sort of utilitarian sense, um, people would stop going to doctors. The, the Hippocratic Oath, the do no harm doctrine that doctors adopt, is absolutely necessary for the efficacy of medicine as a mm. whole. It's, 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 it's crucial. You're going to love our um, module six. Module six is, uh, what is it called? Like ethical considerations or something along awesome. those lines. And yeah. it, we have it fairly early in the arc of the course because yeah, the ethical side of SE is, is pretty important. Yeah, I think. definitely. Um, Anthony, it's been awesome talking to you. And I, I think it, it, it's Amen. been a long, it's been a long conversation, but there, we've never had short conversations, I don't think. And, and that's the, the clock's been running. Um, I would love to do this again. I think there's always more to talk about, but maybe we can check in again a little bit later on and and uh, and catch up again because I I really enjoy having these conversations with you, and I genuinely think the more sure. people get to hear your perspectives on this stuff, I think more they might be like like it would have placated my concerns a little bit as 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 early on will Listen, in the community. And, and I'm glad that you asked these questions because like I've done hundreds, not hundreds, I've done dozens of interviews and stuff, but nobody people want to talk about the basic stuff. I want to get into the detail, the the ethics, the the definitions, the challenges that we're facing, like this is the stuff that interests me. And I think, yeah, I, I think this is really good. And SE is kind of, it's getting, it's moving fast. So like if we met in a year, I bet we'd right. have a, a, a lot of topics to talk about if we did this again, if not yeah. sooner. I, I didn't think it would take that long. <laughs> Why not? I definitely didn't think it would take that long. Yeah. Thank you I, for inviting me back and, you know, to do this and, and no, I, man, you're welcome. And thank you. I so love your much show. I, li I listen to your interviews that you do with everybody. And, that's awesome, Great. man. Because uh, and I and I feel that's cheating somewhat because all the people that turn up they're they're turning up because they're really inspired by SE and they just end up being lovely people. So I I I just I just sort of fumble my way through talking to them. But those videos are fun because of just the just amazing array of different people that are coming to SE and they're interested by it. And and it it, it it's not certain, but it, it would be very unusual, I think, for somebody who was genuinely a disagreeable person to to be inspired by those sorts of things that we we do in SE. Um, so I think it's, it's a great community and that's a huge part. As I say, I will do that montage video of them all saying that your videos were the reasons why they've ended up at the disc. It's every single time I, it, it's, it's alarming. Um, but also great at the same time. Um, I did end the last interview, uh, with a, with a silly question, which I would like to repeat at this point, cause I don't know if you, I, I hope you've forgotten it, but the, the silly question was uh, if, and, and actually completely unscripted, I was asked this exact same question uh, on the, uh, the, the uh, SEE show that I did live stream. We did the, the other day, um, which is if you could SE anybody alive today, um, anybody at all, who would you, who would you want to SE? Yeah. You, when you asked me this, the first time we recorded, um, I think I told you Donald Trump and Peterson, yeah. Jordan Peterson. Yeah, Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And uh, the Trump one, maybe not so much anymore. I don't really care anymore what he says. But um, Peterson, he's got such a reach. Yeah. And people largely interpret his words 
overly charitably, I think, to the point where they're they're just fitting their own narrative, and he's he's um, dangerous in that regard. So I think I think he would be a really good person to talk with, even to this day. I, I think yeah. I'd like to really, and I would tell him this to his face. I'd, I want to pin him down a little <laughs> bit as far as what he's saying and what does he mean by these words, because I think he's being quite reckless in how he's doing it. So I, I think I'd still stick with him as my interviewee. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I I feel like in some ways, would it would it matter at all if you were to SE somebody and and it would never be uh, a video, nobody would ever see it, but you would still be able to have the SE conversation with them? Would that change your answer? Could I could I do a debrief? Like, could I could I talk about it afterwards? Like, yes, maybe maybe it wasn't recorded, and I could just like, like this is what we talked about. This is what I asked. This is what he said. Would, sharing it is such a big part of like my identity with se like yeah, i want I like this would have been a great conversation just you and me and we've had good conversations but sure and but it's so much better if they could be recorded and shared I so think definitely yeah I, I i appreciate that but in many ways though i feel like uh, se is like doing something for your conversation partner like to me i feel like se is about uh, its heart helping your conversation partner like reflect on their reasons. Okay. Let me, let me revise. Mm. If yeah. Okay. So if I, let's say, let's say somebody said he's willing to talk with you as long as it wasn't recorded or, or maybe you could record it, but never distribute it. Cause that would right. be my, that would be my requirement. Cause maybe 20, in 50 years, <laughs> I think it should be public, but, but um, I think it would be valuable because I think it would leave him with some reflection on his own views and it mm. could actually lead to a better result i think overall for other people so yeah it wouldn't be a deal breaker for me but i I'd, I'd probably do it begrudgingly unrecorded yeah, yeah I, I i think it's interesting I, I i feel i feel like that yeah i i i genuinely think for me it's about trying to work out who would benefit the most from who do i think is not honestly and critically reflecting and and I, and I, and that's that's where I as, as and who would benefit from just having a civil, polite, non-confrontational conversation in order to encourage them to do that reflection? Um, and I, I I don't really like. I mean, Putin springs to mind, <laughs> for example. Um, hmm. Might be interesting to if, if that was a possible thing to encourage him to reflect on what the reasons and rationalizing processes he's been going through recently might be. I guess, but. Um, but honestly, one of the things I think, uh, I, I really mean this and it sounds like such a hand wavy answer, but I, I just love doing this with anybody I don't know. Like I, I one of the things I find mm-hmm. thrilling about this, frankly, is just the, the thrill of talking to a total stranger about something that's there, really There's important. a thrill with that, but there's also like the, you know, the reach that the person has to yeah. others, you know, and that, that's, that's part of my calculus. Like, yeah, it's great. I, I talk to hundreds of people on the street all the time, you know, not, not so yeah. much these days, but I have. But it's it's talking to people who are impacting society at large in what I'm perceiving to be a problematic way. Those are yeah. the ones that I want to speak to. Yeah, because I want the world to be a better place. You know, and they probably do great. too. I, I think that speaks to your your you know how how seriously you're taking your role as a as the spokesperson for SE and like you know the, the, your 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 primary goal is to try to get SE exposed to as many people as as possible and try to get that to be you know, out there. And I think that that's, that's absolutely necessary and critical. It's, it's, it, it speaks, I, I guess, to a different level of, um, uh, responsibility to the community. I think most people are just doing SE because they, they want that conversation. Whereas now, like, as I say, you're now responsible for this huge international organization 
To a degree. Trying to, trying to get yeah. this thing out there. To a degree. You know, uh, I know you're trying to wrap things up, but somebody That's asked true. me a question when we were playing poker the other night. And they asked, and I, I want to get your sense. So let me ask you a question. And then I can weigh in too if you want, because I haven't sure. really thought about that much. But he was saying, have you ever thought about what our society would look like if these tools really do catch on, if this concept of SE catches on in any form, whether it's a one-way you know, if it's a dialogue or an interview or some other variation, like we talked about, uh, like, what do you think society would look for if, like, the majority of the population was that they were taught these skills at a young age and they did utilize them, and there wasn't a stigma of changing your mind and all those others, other stuff. I can't imagine it would be worse. And and I, you know, we talked about the fact that now people equate just merely asking a question about something as equivocating it to violence, and and that narrative I think is so dangerous. And, and harms the people that are promoting it as much as anybody else. And uh, in fact, maybe even especially. And th- this idea that things shouldn't be questioned or co- can't be respectfully questioned and that questions equal challenge and challenge is, is, is confrontation. And th- those narratives mean that so many people who might even genuinely want to, to know more about ask questions and challenge assumptions and really try to understand things are just not doing so. Not because they lack the reasoning tools or the critical thinking ability, but because they f- fear the act of asking a question at all. And if, 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 and if that, yeah, yeah. Or being, or, 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 or just, or just having the fact that they've asked a question seem to be interpreted in the least charitable way as, 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 as an act of challenge and, and, um, as opposed to genuine inquiry. And I think if, if, as I said earlier, I think if, if SE was taught at schools and, and the principle of asking questions was always encouraged and, and, and accepted as a social norm without it having to carry the stigma of, of, of offence, I can't imagine we'd be in a worse world than we are now. I, I just can't. Yeah, I, I don't see too many downsides if that happened. It, it would have to be better than it is today, I would think. Yeah. Maybe it would be a little bit less like maybe touchy feely or I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I can't, I, can't, I, I don't imagine that would, would it be more spot, more of a Spock like type of society? I don't but, think so. Would you still have emotion and love? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe because so. The, the more you ask more questions, the more you realize, even if you don't agree with somebody, you can at least understand their perspective a little bit better. And, and that, that, and that leads to empathy. That leads to, you know, understanding that I don't think it has to, that's a, again, it's a, I know why you say that. Um, I know the minds of people that would think that that's what it would be. Questioning everything just makes you sound like a, excuse me, a robot. Um, but I think the reality is that it, it, it has to increase empathy and just, it, it has to make sure. And I think the, the, the one thing you know about a bad society is it, it's, it prevents you asking questions. Like look, look at any, any culture that's being authoritarian right now. What, what do they not want? What are you not allowed to do? What other things you're now censored from saying? It controls free speech, it controls language, and it certainly would not respond well to being questioned. What do we say about the free societies? The free societies are the ones that allow questions, that allow challenge, that, are, that, that have a free press that is allowed to challenge. If we lose these tools of being able to challenge ideas and assertions and, and comments, and we, we we are fearful of the repercussions of merely inquiring, honestly inquiring as to why something is the way it is or why somebody feels the way they do, I think we we are going to be in a real mess. And I think that that is pretty much the world that we are trying to seemingly 
um, prevent happening in, in real time at the moment. I think it's increasingly um, going that way. And yet I feel like if SE, if the principles of SE were taught at school as, and, and the, therefore the social norm was not to believe any one particular thing, but to be, as in we weren't told what to believe, but we were told that we should be able to ask questions at all time. And anybody asking you a question to apply the principle of charity and to understand that that question's meant with good intentions or assume that it's meant with good intentions first. I think that would be brilliant. I think we'd be in a much better world. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I just hope we can get there. And yeah, yeah. I think we're moving in the right direction with, with SE and, and the variations that we'll likely see that will come from it. And yeah. Completely, I, man. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome thank you very much for... Man. Yeah, fantastic! I'm so glad we re- re- we did it again, and uh, I, I really I swear, greatly if, enjoyed if, it. If the audio doesn't work on this one, I will literally just burst in tears because this has been <laughs> such a. I, I mean, I just put it through. You just have to listen through the crackling nightmare of whatever is going on with it. But, yeah, yeah, that's so weird. I, yeah, I don't know what. Happened. Never had a problem before. Never had a problem. Well, I've I've done two interviews since then, and they've both been fine. So I I'm I don't know. Maybe maybe the, <laughs> maybe it's an argument for the existence of God. They didn't want to, didn't want this going out, but I don't know. Um, in any case, Anthony, thanks so much. Let's do it again soon and um, take care. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll no doubt be speaking soon. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Cheers, Thank man. you again for everything. Take care. Bye-bye. The Street Epistemology Podcast is a production of Street Epistemology International. You can donate or learn more about this nonprofit organization at streetepistemologyinternational.org. The views, guests, and topics expressed here, or not expressed here, do not necessarily represent those of the organization.